My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 225, yes, 225 episodes of the WWE Network Review podcast, and we are uh, pleased to be here, and we've got a great episode lined up for you, but before we start anything, Dan's got a very special alternate intro. Come closer and see, see into the trees, find the girl if you can, come closer and see... See into the dark, just follow your eyes, just follow your eyes. And that is The Cure of Forest. And that is arguably their best song they've done out of a total of 225 oh, songs. I see what so that's where it links into episode 225. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. And ever since our very first episode, we have asked a question, is the WWE Net Review worth the ninth? And today we are definitely going to answer that question and a lot more because... For the first time ever on the WNR podcast, we are going to have a complete WWE Network review. Yes, we are going through everything. So strap yourselves in. We don't know how long this is going to go, but we are ready, willing, and able to start this off. Uh, so we're going to do it. And first off, I'd just like to say, to get to 225 episodes, I think is an incredible achievement in no matter what you're doing, you know, just for perseverance. So I'd like to thank you, Dan, for your perseverance with me through 225 episodes. You'd like to thank me for putting up with you yeah. for 225 <laughs> episodes. And, oh, no, you know, yeah. the same goes for you as well, putting up with me and my moods and my happiness and my autumn rants and everything else as well. Yeah, but that's what it's all about. And like I said, we're going to be doing this as long as we can stand each other. No, of course we can't. Uh, so, like we said, it's a WWE Network and we're going to give you a couple of uh, bits and pieces. Watch it and, and basically ways we started watching everybody knows the network started in january or 2014 of course everybody knows the podcast started dan when did our double our podcast start in may it started on may the 4th 2015 of course it did and ever since then like i say we're watching all the latest content and we're going to check out everything go and date back everything that we kind of watched on it but ways we watch and it's been very rare. I mean, right now, as we speak, we've got the um, the PS4 hooked up to the um, the TV. We have watched it through the smart TVs before. Um, I've watched it on my tablet, which is a, a Samsung tablet. Dan, how do you how do you watch? Um, I watch it on my PS4. <laughs> Uh, and I watch it to fall asleep on my tablet as well. Yeah, and I've used the PS3 to watch it in the past. I've I've obviously used the laptop. 
uh, to watch it. I've even used the uh, Amazon Fire Stick to check that out. So there's been a lot of varied ways to get the the network, and I've tried it. And you know, I think it's it's good enough in its selection. Even though we did complain about taking a few TVs away, there's still you know ways we watch it anyway. What is your favourite way of watching the, the network? Um, apart with, apart from with me, of course. <laughs> Well, beside you, James, always is. It's not the network unless I'm next to you. No, uh, well, mine is having the network set with my screen brightness down really low, volume on quite low, set up next to me while I'm falling asleep. And then, like, you know, I'll sometimes fall asleep a couple of matches into WrestleMania 18 and wake up and it's, like, near the end of WrestleMania 20. So that's the time you usually watch. When When's the most, you know, people say about network time. When is your... Network time. It is as often mainly. <laughs> it's used as background. Um, yeah, you know, occasionally I watch like if there's a good episode of NXT or two oh five live or a few of my favourite shows which we'll go into throughout this episode mm. as well. Um I watched it obviously watching Ever I fancy really. Yeah, no, I mean this is the thing, this is the times you watch it and I kind of some people have it on as a kind of security blanket to go to bed to kind of when I when I can I just have it on as like a background. I'll stick on like an old pay per view and then I'll go go about my business and I'll be able to catch it every now and again and be like, okay, that's on, that's good. And of course as we record as well, we usually record on the Saturday, uh for release on the Sunday. If we're lucky we're a week uh <laughs> ahead as it was uh, and that'd be quite good. And sometimes with watching the network so much and the built in the recording and set up to it, the spare time's kind of usually spent, you know, doing other things. But the kind of network is always there as well, isn't it? You know. Um, so now we get on to what we watch, basically, and kind of uh, what our our favourite shows are on the network. And uh, we're going to go into it, like I so said, we're going to go to in in big detail. Uh, coming up now so we'll start off and of course like we said we're the home screen and we're like we said, we're, we're talking through um, ps4 dan's got his tablet in front of him as well so he's got his, his set what's what's different from your setup than it is to uh my setup dan <coughs> well your setup um as opposed to having to go across the top bar you've got home show schedule search and my account mine it goes schedule and then i scroll down and it's got continue watching scroll down watch list shows pay-per-views collection and recommended as well uh and i can also click on a tab and it goes to the latest news yeah all the latest raw updates and so on and so forth on your watch list um what have you have you got anything that you use your watch list or is it usually just continue watching stuff mine is normally continue watching (laughs) well usually uh what, what i do on the obviously you can see it's featured continue watching watch list collections and then the kind of recommended programs that you've got uh, and usually most of the recommended stuff gets added to the watch list st- straight away in preparation for uh, that month's kind of either WB Network review for the month or whatever else we're doing and it's usually kind of um, bookmarked in the episode of uh, WB versus WSW for that month as well and that's kind of what we watch every month you know it's kind of good that we've got to a stage you can do a pay-per-view every month that we've got that we watch uh which is which is you know we watch that through and of course then we've got wwe versus wcw haven't we when we've gone back 20 years to watch this stuff wwe for the month as well uh WWE net review which is you know enjoyable so out of the kind of three because we have to usually split two what ones do you find enjoyable the most or has it just got to a stage now where it's just kind of bleeds into another so to speak um, it does kind of bleed into another, you know, I do enjoy catching up on the NXT, NXT UK and 
sort of to a five live, but that's kind of gone down the wayside. And I also do like going back watching twenty years ago Nitro and Raw because that's when it was in the Attitude Era, and that's when wrestling was thoroughly enjoyable and you'd want to watch the next week's happening and see what's going on with that as well yeah without a doubt so what we're going to do so everybody at home who's listening to us who are obviously not driving please uh you can get on the network right now and just follow through the programs we go to and hopefully it's the same as yours so we're going to start off with shows and from shows uh i will let dan pick so at the moment you can you can see my picks but Dan, you've got your, uh, your, all your shows up there. So we start off, we've got pay-per-views. In-ring. Originals. Collections. And, of course, my favourite, The Vault, which I will be going on a lot about later. What do you want to start off with, Dan? Um, I'm going to go right in the middle with originals. Oh, so we start off with, <laughs> with originals on the WWE Network. And uh, we're going to go through basically every programme. Now... It probably won't be a surprise, but we're going to mark these programs as well and try and see what the best is. I think a score out of 10 for each program, because then it's more varied. It might be a little bit shorter. So I feel that out of 10, and if we can work out kind of what the best original program is. Yeah, what the best original program is on the uh, network, so to speak. So we'll start off with originals. Um, I think... like I say, if the scoring gets a bit too confusing, then we're trying to explain it out. But basically, me and Dan are going to give a score. We might even give a collective score if we, we, we argue about it, then we'll see what happens. But uh, we'll start off with WWE 24. And WWE 24, I think, is a fantastic series. Uh, and, you know, when we look about the kind of the, the talent that's been involved in it and the telling of the story, uh, the very first one was January 26, 2015, WrestleMania 30. And it's all about the kind of behind the scenes. And I've always enjoyed the behind the scenes looks at programs like this. And I think with W24, you kind of get it more than you do in other shows. And I think since its, you know, inception, uh, it's been Quite uh, good to see, you know, the kind of legends that have been involved with it. What are you thinking of W24, Dan? Yeah, um, I I think they're very good. Uh, I think one of the early ones we watched was actually on... It was released the day we started the podcast. It was Roman Reigns, Never Alone. It was released Monday, May the 4th, 2015. And um, I I can remember after it feeling like I appreciated Roman Reigns a lot more. Um, Like, you know, I got to know him the man as opposed mm. to like you know just a wrestler you see his family you see him kind of like outside of wrestling as yeah. well which is it, it was a very very good insight to the man that is Roman Reigns yeah uh, I really enjoyed the Royal 25 one uh, which is April 9th 2018 and they went behind the scenes and see it being in uh, Manhattan Center as well as uh, the, the, the Brooklyn as well and it's kind of good to see how hectic it actually was but I think as a W Network program it's one of the strongest actually who will be started off you know so uh, out of a, a rating of 10 Dan what would you give W24 I know, I know, we're starting off, we can go back and change, we will be checking uh, as we finish a section basically, and there are a lot of programmes to get through, I know. I'm going to start with eight and a half, oh. subject to... Uh, that's fine, I'm going to give it a strong nine to start this one, big favourites, uh, but we do move on, and the next one, Dan? It is WWE 365, and there's only been two episodes of this, we've only had Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. Kevin Owens... It was it was a very, very good episode. I mean, like, you know, 365 days of incredible highs and lows in the career of Kevin Owens as they uh, 
chronicle is January from SummerSlam 2016 to SummerSlam. Yeah, and we've watched both on the WWE Network as well. And the AJ Styles one was November 18th, 2018. Uh, November 18th, 2018, we live AJ Styles' historic year as WWE Champion, both in and out of the ring, and witnessed a phenomenal one as you've never seen him before. That's quite cool because he picked up the W Championship, beating Jim Hall just before the end of that programme as well. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It's a good programme, but only two of them. It's a bit of a shame. It's a more long-winded, obviously, WWE 24 into 365. Uh, so you you can see, you know, hopefully we will have one later this year as well. But I think it's good. What's your score? Um, yeah, I'm going to give it an 8 as well. If there was a few more, then, you know, I'd probably score a bit higher. But unfortunately, as there is only two. They, you know, they are a bit longer. They're, what, about 45, 50 minutes? Yeah, yeah, about that, yeah. So um, it's it's definitely worth going to check anything out. You know, we have watched, like I said, all the W24s and W365, and we'll point out any progress that we haven't watched. The next one is Beyond the Ring, and this is a kind of maybe a little Easter egg with people don't really know what it is. Uh, and basically, it's the old WWE DVD stuff, uh, put documentary style, put on there. Um, one that I know that we have definitely watched together, and that is Beyond the Ring, uh, signature sounds of music, mm-hmm. the WWE. Um, you know, it's basically, uh, what's that name? Jim Johnson and uh, other wrestlers going on about how they kind of created the themes and, you know, how it was fitting for certain wrestlers and how they've had to change a few themes, you know, to try and fit round wrestlers mm-hmm. as well, which is, it is good to see that side of things. Without yeah. doubt. Uh, I, like I said, it's not... With the DVDs involved, or all it is, it's basically documentaries from that. So obviously you don't get the matches. Some you do. Uh, there's some great, if you've never ever seen them before as well, and, and just try and flick through, you know, uh, like factions as well involved, the great superstars of the 90s. Just, can, can, you know, my DVD collection, I don't want to go yeah. into it. To, it it's, this is what it basically is on the network, you know. <laughs> on the network, you've got uh, lots of stuff. Probably my favourite one, and I think... Anybody, everybody should watch it. Uh, January 1st, 2010, the true story of WrestleMania, uh, telling you everything that happened. You've even got behind the scenes what happens at WrestleMania 9 and all the kind of stories about what WrestleMania's worked. Are you trying didn't. to entice me in with the WrestleMania uh, 9 Honest thing. to goodness, it is two and a half hours. I watch it kind of every year leading up to WrestleMania. It is a fantastic documentary. And there is loads of good stuff. No matter what you, you know, kind of fancy, it, it's always there and it's nice and quick. Again, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, and, you know, some of them obviously a little bit longer, but they don't kind of outstay their welcome either, you know. Yeah, um, there, there are a, a lot of good ones. There's a, there's a few good lists as well. We, you know, I love a, I love a good list. Uh, 50 greatest finishing moves. Uh, 50 superstars of all time. Not as good as our list wrestlers. Uh, there's a Randy Orton one, a CM Punk best in the world one as well. There's just so many... To, to go through and enjoy, you know, who, whoever you like, you're going to find something either relating to them or, you know, something that stands out to you. Without a doubt, you know, even that kind of the Bischoff one just to sit down and interview, it's really, really good. And they've added the DDP one uh, recently as well, so hopefully they'll keep adding to that. So anybody's not been, because sometimes you might see it and think, oh, what's that about? And that's basically explaining the section to you as well. I'm giving that a 9.5 out of 10 because it's one of my favourite places to go on the network. Um... There are, there are other places I enjoy to go, so I'm going to give it an eight. Ooh, an eight. Uh, next one, WWE Breaking Ground. So Breaking Ground is... You remember Cleat Geeks? We were talking about that. That's yeah. kind of one of the programs I was following on there. It's a behind-the-scenes look at kind of NXT 
and the breakout stars. And unfortunately, it did feature people like Enzo and Big Cass, but you kind of saw the story. And I thought it was fucking brilliant because it was kind of no holes barred, a real kind of behind the look at kind of everything that happened and how you became. And Baron Corbin was featured in it a lot as well. Uh, and at that point, the kind of character he had, it almost made me feel that, uh, oh shit, you know, here comes a big star here. Uh, unfortunately, I've not done any in well, since 2016, so that's a bit of a shame. But it was one of those programs I really enjoyed. Damn, by your look on your face, I see um, you're not that uh, accustomed it's, to it. It's not something that I've I've ever watched or I've been enticed into watching. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to give it a five. Don't you? How can you? You're going to put down its average if you're not careful. Well, I've never seen it and never watched it, so how All can right. I score it? Well, at, least you're, at least you're being honest with everybody. Uh, I'm giving that nine and a half out of ten. Again, one of my favourite things on the WWE Network. Up next, uh, up next is bring it to the table. Yeah, uh, sitting down with Pete Rosenberg. I mean, there's only what six episodes on there. They was released January 2017 all the way to July 2017. You've got the pilot where uh, Paul Heyman, JBL, and Pete Rosenberg sit down, and discuss, debate, and dissect the controversies and concerns of the WWE universe. And you've watched it on the WWE Network. Uh, and like you said, Peter Rosenberg, is, we've got a bit of news about him uh, next week as well. He's kind of might be making WWE Network content for a little while now as well. It was trying to be a little bit edgy and try and get to the points. But when you've got people like uh, JBL on there, you're always going to have the WWE kind of policy. And that's what let it down a little bit as a program. Uh, so unfortunately, not one of the WWE Network's best. I'm going to give that a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that 7. Even uh, though you gave Breaking Ground a five. Well, I've seen Bring It to the <laughs> Table. I've not seen Breaking Ground. All right. Up next, Camp WWE. And uh, this is one of them that's made two series. You know, one of them made uh, last year. Uh, it, again, it's WWE's attempt to try something different. I can appreciate that. But what I can't appreciate is kind of just how bad it really was. We have watched a few releases as well, haven't we? Uh, yes, we have. We've seen a few. It's um, it is it is just basically uh, a cartoon aimed at kids, maybe like you know up to about the age of twelve, thirteen, I think. Yeah, I mean, it tries to be a little bit edgy, but it just never works, does it? You know, no. like the last episode, Mister McMahon descends into madness when he's haunted by ghosts, while Cena and Nikki investigate some strange disappearances at the camp. It's like a fucked up Scooby Doo. WWE Scooby Doo. Uh, what was your rating? Um, I'll give that a seven as well. <laughs> Fucking hell! All right, I'm going to give it a six and a half anyway. I'm not. Here... <laughs> I'm going to give it a six and a half. I'm not here to argue with you, Dan. Next one, WWE Chronicle. This is basically uh, you. You follow a wrestler for a certain amount of time. It is quite similar to. It's halfway between a three six five and a twenty four. It's like you know you follow him for uh, a short kind of time you know Nakamura you're following from the Rumble to Wrestlemania 13 and it, um, yeah basically there's there's only what eight nine episodes yeah I mean you, Nakamura's first Smojo was second Dean Ambrose and then Becky Lynch Paige Roman Reigns Charlotte Flair Roman Reigns again uh, and Ali as well yeah, I mean the Roman Reigns ones are really really good and like I said we like Chronicle don't we it is quite a good program yeah it is it is um, again you know I'd like a few more but I'd like, you know, again, staggered. Ali was released May 18th, 2019. So it's kind of, you know, they are still 
keeping up to date with them. If you could have a, a superstar, anybody on the Chronicle, who would you want them to follow? Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. <laughs> not bad. No, it's not bad. Uh, Chronicle, uh, what was your score? Um, I'd give that an eight and a half. I'm going to give that an eight out of ten. Uh, again, not bad. My only gripe with it a little bit is there's a kind of uh, thing between uh, playing in character and, and out of character, which sometimes, you know what I mean? I think we that. noticed that with the Dean Ambrose yeah. one. Yeah. It was a bit too much, which is a bit of a shame. And the Charlotte one as well, I think, had a lot of it. Next one, WWE Countdown. Again, very early program on the kind of WWE Network. Uh, let start. 25th of February 2014. And it basically does exactly what it says on the tin. There is a lot of uh, <laughs> countdown. There's a lot of top tens on this one, basically. Uh, and we'll just... I'll tell you what we'll do. We're going to run coolest catchphrase. Awesome entrances. Fantastic finishing moves. Biggest backstabs. Biggest blunders. Raw's most memorable moments. Infamous gimmicks. Greatest tag teams. Greatest villains. Craziest ladder matches. Memorable debuts. Greatest factions. Hottest couples. Biggest trash talkers. Dangerous divas. Magnificent managers. Celebrity twists. Thunderous returns. Riveting rivalries. Hell in a cell. Most imposing big men. Greatest general managers. Top Royal Rumble moments. Greatest high flyers. And uh, best and worst Survivor Series. Biggest crybabies. Most infamous IC champs. Most unique matches. Eccentric odd jobs. <laughs> Most epic SmackDown moments. International sensations. Strangest bedfellows. And men. Yeah. So this is like that you can always catch up on. Does that what it's saying in the tin? Uh, I've, I've caught a few of these, but again, you know. <clears throat> but who actually ranks these... In order, are they? Do they putting out a um, like a survey, or is it just who one man thinks and just puts them all into a list? I think it's like WWE. One man puts them in a list. It's not saying it's. They didn't say it's done by uh, WWE Universe. I guess it's just random picks uh, to get it done. But it's not a, a bad program. But again, it's saying they're kind of uh, filling up time at the moment. I, I'm going to give that countdown a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on the seven out. Uh, the next one up is Culture Shock with Corey Graves. And this is uh, basically Corey Graves going out and having a look at different things. He you know, goes to Marvel headquarters, Star Wars, tattoo conventions, uh, bowling. He just goes to different places, uh, to some familiar faces or unfamiliar faces, really. Yeah, only 10, 15 minutes long. And uh, it started April 22nd, 2015. And it didn't really last that long, to be fair. I mean, you know, with with Corey Graves, he's he's tried a lot of things in WWE since, obviously, his, his apparent injury. And uh, he's found his niche now in commentary. We have watched a few of these on the network. Uh, and, again, it's basic, but it's I think WWE Network should be trying something different. And maybe they, they tried but failed here, would that be fair to say? Um, yeah, you know, it kind of takes you outside the world of wrestling. Exactly, but this is a thing. Do we really need that on here, or is it used right anyway? You know, I think Corey Graves is likable enough, but it might miss out a little bit. Uh, what's your score? Um, I'm going to give that a seven and a half. It's you know, it's not something that I'd protest no. to have more episodes of. But you do like Corey. Uh, so next is Edge and Christian show, and of course we've had two series of this. The last series was never fucking ending, and I do love Edge and Christian, but it was ten episodes, and it and it some of it 
Well, we were talking about it, weren't we? And it was like maybe half hour of jokes in the entire 10 episode run. Apart from that, there was nothing really, you know, there's Kill Bill stuff that they did that didn't really hit the mark. There was a lot of stuff that wasn't funny, wasn't it? You know? um, well, it's basically like um, it's a story over an episode broken up into different bits. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, <clears throat> they're parodies of things that have happened, like films or, you know, in ring stories or something like that. And, you know, they're, they're broken up. I think there's about four or five parts of it over an episode. And that's broken up with little sketch shows or skits in between with different wrestlers. Or uh, they've got their games or, you know, their little quiz show thing that they do. I find that quite enjoyable. Yeah, that's probably the best bit, isn't it? When they Ed versus Christian yeah. done the, I can't remember what's Chump Stain Challenge. Uh, but yeah, like the Heartbreak Kid was involved, like a Mexican one. It just wasn't that great last series, so that might be the end of it. Plus, it might have cost a bit of money to actually get it done. Uh, I'm going to give that a seven and a half out of ten, though. Uh, I'm going to give that uh, a seven and three quarters, only because of the Champ Stain Challenge. Mm. I think that was kind of like the shining light. There was a couple of moments that might have made me giggle. But... Mm. All right, next one. Uh, the next one is First Look. Uh, and again, this is kind of like... Um, the DVDs that have been released or, you know, that they would be released if it wasn't all on the network now. You know, from the the Brothers of Destruction's greatest moments to the bestest thing, the road is Jericho destruction of the uh, shield uh, and so on and so forth throughout, like, various multitude of wrestlers. Unlike Beyond the Ring where um, you kind of get the kind of full documentary, this is kind of like the tip, you know. This is the kind of 15 minutes clip of the new thing coming out on DVDs to try and persuade you to go out and, and buy it still. So the DVD market is is still relevant in that way, yeah. even though you can get the majority stuff on um, the, the WWE Network. And, you know, there are some things here, like the, the Jerry the King Lawyer thing, which is in full on Beyond the Ring if you want to go and watch that anyway. So it's, it's kind of, you know, bits and pieces that they've done, as, as well as the Scott Hall and the kind of Eric Bischoff thing as well. Uh, so this is kind of like a folder where... You know, you leave it alone, really, I would say. March 21st, 2018 was the last edition to it. And uh, there's Beyond the Ring section is probably a, a lot better for that. Uh, in that case, then, I don't think there's any point for this. So I'm going to give this a kind of four out of five. Yeah, it's just basically like a trailer, which you can get mm. on YouTube or something anyway. So it's nothing groundbreaking there. So four, yeah. Yeah, four out of ten, so not four out of five. Well, I just yeah. thought I fucking can't help myself here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then, what's next, James? Uh, okay, so up next is W, formerly known as, and this is a new series we've talked about recently. Uh, and we went through it all, based, you know, Seth Rollins, Matt Hardy, Bailey, and Harper, all saying what they would look like before. Uh, Heidi Lovelace calls for Ruby Wright. It's a very interesting story. And Harper as well, which is weird Brody because Brody, we, we, he will be out on the independent scene uh, as well. And one of your favourite guys, Dan, at least we got an episode of him. Yes, uh, Gix or Tyler Black, <laughs> and that is obviously who he's known as, but it's Seth Rollins mm. uh, when he was coming up through the independence. He's a program, he's a series that won YouTube and now on here as well. And they're only like kind of 10, 15 minutes long, but I think are more worthwhile than like the last thing we just saw with First Look. So I, I don't mind these, Dan. What are your thoughts? No, they're, um, they're entertaining. It's good to see them kind of acknowledge their former personas before they was changed by the WWE. And it is, it is a good, again, another good insight to the wrestlers. So we're going to give it? Um, I'll give that a seven and a half. Oh, I will give that seven and a half as well. 
And up next, Dan. It is the... Du- no, sorry. It is the Hall of Fame. And that basically goes back all the way... Well, it goes from 2000... Uh, sorry, 94, 95 and 96. And then it skips a few years. Because it was kind of... Uh, it was missed out, I suppose. Well... Like, it was stopped. Yeah, the, the the thing is, it was it was first introduced in 94 to honour Andre the Giant. They did it for a couple of years and then brought it back um, for WrestleMania 20. And then since then, it's kind of been a staple of the WWE calendar. And of course, this year's was very eventful as well, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Bret Hart was attacked, quite <laughs> rightly so now, if you look at what he's done with AEW. <laughs> not saying oh, anything else. No. Uh, but... You know, the likes of China was finally recognised mm-hmm. and inducted into the Hall of Fame, which is which is absolutely brilliant. But if you like long speeches and a couple of good little laughs, it is something to watch, but it's not something that I'd... You know, I'll probably go back and watch a few of the headline act moments, but it's not something that I'd go through from the beginning and watch like a religion. Yeah, not like I did. Cause I, I have seen... <laughs> I've seen every Hall of Fame. I kind of enjoyed them all. Hulk Hogan... Uh, with, with Randy Ruddy Piper in 2005 was was a good kind of big class for me. Of course, Eddie and Brett the following year as well, you know. Um, and uh, even Austin's speech was was good. So there's always things to kind of go back uh, and look. And the Hall of Fame, you know, so it holds a special place, I think. Not only in my heart, but the WNL podcast heart every year, you know, in a weird way. Like there's something that we just kind of lo- really like about it in tribute to other rest- uh, older wrestlers. Yeah, there is. yeah, there is that side to it. So, what are you going to give it out of ten then? <laughs> um, again, you know, watching it alongside WrestleMania weekends, it's something you know that we do religiously. But I think on that kind of basis, I'm going to give it seven and three quarters. It's something you know that I've watched once, but I won't go back and watch it and watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, not repeat viewing. I give them eight and a half because I do love the Hall of Fame. And I do find myself going back every time I do, you know, got five hours to kill uh, to put that on as well. Next one is Holy Foley. We have watched the entire series on the WNR podcast. We have indeed, Dan. Yeah, I know. That's how memorable it is. <laughs> yeah, time flies. Um, no El Foley. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you say no El Foley, right? And the first one's August 15th, 2016. Last one, January 29th, 2017. But it was a great little moment when... Um, Mick Foley's boy was playing the guitar Dewey. and play, Dewey was playing Mankind's uh, playing Mankind's theme tune. I thought that was quite a cool moment. And of course, when they all went on the uh, the ride as well, it was quite a funny moment. Noelle thought she could train to be a wrestler. I thought she wasn't successful. Uh, but I liked Holy Foley. You you weren't a huge fan then, I sound. Um, no, not Noelle Foley. So what's your score out of ten then? Um, I'll give it a seven. Ninety-five. So it, you you only had like one word answer for the whole show, and yet it still gets two more than WWE Breaking Ground. Something I've never seen. So you never seen, even though he's only got. That's great. That's fantastic. Anyway, next one. Jet too hot. <laughs> well, what can I say? It was something that was considered raunchy or steamy or something for WWE television, I suppose. Presented by Jerry Springer. Yeah, it was. We've watched these on the network, uh, all of them, and one of them was uh, on our very earliest shows that we had. Um, and basically, Jerry Springer had an agreement with WWE to make some content, and it really didn't work. And like I said, they're trying to show moments that we've kind of seen recently: choppy, choppy, pee pee, uh, and other things like this live sex celebration. 
Uh, and it didn't really work. Jerry Springer for the network wasn't too hot for TV. Uh, again, I didn't mind it. They were trying to say different, but it wasn't the greatest. So I will give that a six and a half out of ten. Uh, I'll give that a six. Not that. Um, up next, we have Legends House. And James, I know this was something that you thoroughly enjoyed. You used to always keep talking to me about it and the characters in there. It's, you know, it's something that I might pick up on and have a watch at some point, but it's not, you know, something that I need to watch. You do need to watch. Look at that picture. Series 1, Episode 4, Viva Las Vegas. Pat Patson, Legends, Strip, Chippendales. Chippendales, Dan. He's saying to me, you don't want to see Rowdy Roddy Piper. You don't want to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan, huh? You don't want to see Mean Gene Oakland having their tops off, no? There is something wrong with you. It's a great idea. And instead of having matches with, spoiler alert coming up, Untaker get dropped in his head, then you should stick them all in the house together and see how they react. It is fucking brilliant. The legends were, because I, I respect 10 episodes, about an hour long, 40 minutes long. Everybody needs to watch this. Fantastic. You had Rowdy Roddy Piper. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Tony Atlas. Mean Jane, rest his heart. Jerry King Lawyer. Uh, who's that big fan? Uh, Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim. Jimmy Hart. Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. And of course, Howard Cool. Absolute legends there, uh, and it is a, 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 it's it's such a joy, especially when you got the heartbreaking thing of thinking Rowdy Roddy Piper's not there anymore. Um, mean Gene, Mean Gene as well. Uh, so you know you got that kind of impact. A fantastic series, I would recommend to anybody. Dan, have you actually seen an episode? We have not actually seen any of these podcasts because the first one came out in uh, it, the, this series was twenty fourteen. So April 17th, 2014 to June 19th. So we haven't actually seen any of these. I don't know. It's it's kind of a bit much of an ask for like, you know, an hour. How long are they? Yeah, an hour each. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So it's like 10 hours worth of watching there. You know, I suppose I'll probably get about an hour's worth of laughing out of it. It is well worth it. Trust me. Watch one and you'll be hooked. It's like Love Island, but with old men. Trust me. Next series. uh, Sorry, rating out of. 10 i'm giving it nine it's a really strong nine um again it's not something that i've watched so i can't really comment on it but if i give it a five james is gonna bite my fucking head off <laughs> so i'm gonna go six oh six it's something that i haven't watched <laughs> but i would want to watch yes it is worthwhile watching See? an episode is that, a, is that a good answer i will take that answer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i get very, get very defensive over the network yeah even though we're both entitled to our own opinion <laughs> yeah James has to give me my opinion. That's how it works. Yeah. <sighs> but up next, we have Legends with JBL. And this is just basically John Bradshaw Layfield having a sit down with some old school legends. Um, and it's basically like a little sit down interview with them. Yeah, basically. Uh, you've got people like Stan the Man. Uh, you've got Alanja Braze, Bruno Sammartino. Um, the Outsiders, Sting, Booker T. I liked the one he did with uh, Farouk. It's probably one of my favourite ones. Or Ron Simmons, as it is. Uh, um, yeah, Brian James and Eric Bischoff. Yeah, the Bischoff ones are, are probably the best ones because that's probably when he gets... He, he's probably the one he le- likes, likes the least. He shows everybody else a bit of respect, but he goes hard. And if you're going to have that kind of question answer, you need a little bit of grit. And JBL's just kind of towing the policy line. You know, with him and Ron Simmons, it's just him and having a laugh. So yeah. th- there was better ways of doing this type of programme, and I don't think it was great. 
Now, um, as if it was a different interviewee or an interviewer, so if it was a different interviewer, then I think it probably would be a bit more enjoyable, you know, because uh, I think JBL he he stays in character a bit, you know, he kind of comes across as JBL, not John Layfield, which is you know I'd like to see him sit down as a couple of guys, you know, and just. He'll ask a few questions, and then, you know, you can go like that, reminisce on a few stories. I think it could have been done a bit better. Yeah, I think without doubt, you know, I think this is something that um, could have been done a bit better. But I'm still going to give it a seven and a half because of uh, the kind of premise is in its right place, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a seven and a half as well because you still get some good insightful looks yeah. and, you know, a few good moments yeah. as well. And we have seen that on the network as well. Another thing we haven't seen is the next series, The Monday Night War. This is one of the original shows when the network first launched... This was the kind of one of the shows that was uh, bringing it all to you. And it kind of about the history of WWE versus WCW. Obviously not as good as what we do in a month. But again, because it's more tinted towards WWE. And what we're trying to do every month is try to look at it and say, give WCW a chance as opposed to writing it because WWE won the war, if you know what I mean. So both might make mistakes. But again, sit down. The only annoying thing is, is that every single episode... Uh, they explain the fucking Monday Night War in every one for the first, like, five, ten minutes. And there's no need to. They should just be based on them. And there's quite a few, you know, cool cool ideas of, of what they're trying to do here. Like Sting and The Untaker saying, like, they're the foundations of, you know, the war, basically. Yeah, well, if you don't want to go and kind of watch the Monday Night Wars as we're going through, you know, in quite very good detail, uh, picking out the best moments, best highlights, best pay-per-views, this is just kind of like a... A cheat guide to yeah, it. Basically, you know, it's yeah. just basically like a quick skim over. It, mm. it gives you the story from start to finish, but not in great detail. No, it just tells you, you know, oh, do you like DX? This one's about DX. You know, next one's about Mankind. You know, Bret Hart, then about ECW. So it basically, you know, they're not bad, but they are about for well. So if you're going to go... Some of them are an hour. Yeah, some of them an hour as well. So if you're going to go watch them, then just make sure you've got a lot of time because there are, what, like 12 episodes as well, so... Yeah, about 20. So you've got a whole day's worth of watching there, binge watching and some. But yeah, you know, they've, again, they've got some good ideas. But again, as far as detail goes, I think, what, we've probably done about 50 hours on it, <laughs> yeah, if we've, not more, we've done, at least. Yeah, this year, maybe. Uh, we've, we've done a lot of stuff on the Monday Night War. Uh, but it's not a bad program. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. It's, you know, it's not as good as the WNR's take on it, but it's a good cheat skin basically all uh, right next one my son daughter is a wwe superstar um yeah you know this is uh parents kind of proudly saying about their son or daughter who is a wwe superstar basically a few embarrassing stories or what it was like being a younger mother if that's what the case was and you know so on and so forth this is more about um more recent wrestlers, Finn Balor, Bliss, Seth Rollins, Miz, Jax, Owens, Strowman, O'Neill, Mandy Rose, and Carmella. The Kevin Owens was really good because I'd say really likable about him. And even the parents are very sweet and, and everything that he does. Uh, so it's a good program. Again, it's, it's like the other one that came from uh, YouTube as well, uh, which was formerly known as uh, This has been put on there. And again, I'm going to give it the same because seven and a half. It, it's good. But I would like to see maybe like a longer version, you know, like a forty-minute version of getting spending yeah. a weekend with a parent or something like that, you know. Alexa Bliss's mum's a proper milf, though. Yeah, all right. We'll move on from Alexa Bliss's milf. Uh, what is your score out of ten? Uh, I'll give that a seven and a half. 
Seven. I'll give that a seven and a half. Up next, it is Original Specials, and another one of my favourite destinations on the network. Uh, and this kind of gets you all the stuff that we have watched and covered on the uh, WNR podcast. Uh, some absolute great stuff, and some, you know, maybe hit or miss or not. Uh, like the, I loved the Tom McGee documentary that we watched the past couple of months. Uh, that was really, really exciting. You know, what about you, Dan? Um, there are there are a loads of uh, there's a lot of content on here again. You know, a few of the uh, biggest bigger wrestlers, I suppose. You know, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like um, a three six five and twenty four style kind of show. You know, with different wrestlers and that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's colder where they just put all the kind of... Miscellaneous. Yeah, basically the stuff that you've got there. So it could be a lot of stuff. Like, there was a couple of good bits like ECW Exposed, uh, where it's just Heyman uh, and Joey Styles, and they're basically shooting for an hour, you know. And it's kind of stuff that you, you might not see, or some of it can be very short, you know, five, ten minutes worth of stuff. And some of it is, um, you know, very, very good, you know, in, in, a, in a weird way. Uh, and it's all just kind of crammed in. Uh, so it's just take your pick and just go through what you want. Even like the roster reveals they did of uh, 2K18 is on there. Andre the Giant uh, ba- uh, documentary from HBO, which is fantastic. Uh, that's on there. That should be checked out. And we, you enjoyed and I enjoyed the Mick Foley stand-up as well. That was absolutely fucking brilliant, yeah. yeah. Um, the 20 Years of Hell or, you know, the Mick Foley 20 Years of Hell fan Q&A as well. That was absolutely... Uh, I think Nina Strauss plays him out on that. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff, even the Botch Club, the documentary like Nigel McGuinness, uh, which is great. Another great one, let me tell you something, with Mean Gene, uh, absolutely heartbreaking as well. So it, this one is, is one to definitely have add to your watch list uh, and go through. And there's a couple of extra, a couple of new ones that we'll cover uh, a couple of weeks' time as well. But I think the original specials is, is a great little folder. I think it should be more, I don't know, like... You should see it more on the network. There should be like a little place for it where you can actually just go straight to as opposed to going into shows in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what are your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, you know, it has got a few good little diamonds in the rough. You know, you might go through and find some crap as you go along for it. But you know, that's always the fun of finding something different. Yeah. And, you know, especially even if it's just like the, uh, the Mick Foley Q&A in the 20 Years of Hell, that's definitely worth the whole folder for itself i think without a doubt uh, i'm gonna give that a strong nine out of ten uh, i'm gonna give that an eight and a half eight and a half all right up next dan one of your favorites it is indeed just one of my absolute favorites it is photo shoot basically a, a random uh, wrestler they sit down in front of a massive screen and they go through photos and the wrestler are kind of talk through it it's um there hasn't been as many as i like it goes on for it's probably about 20 to 25 minutes long um, you know, I could do with a few more episodes. It's it's kind of updated very, very sporadically. We've had like four this year um, added to it. I think there's about four, five, six, seven, eight, probably about nearly 20 episodes of it. And I'd love a load more. Yeah, I mean, folks, I know when we've got one to cover, you're always uh, a fan of getting behind it. Uh, can you pick out a favourite one out of your series? Um, I did like the Jim Cornette one. It gives you kind of like a... A good insight, and he tells a few very, very good stories as well. Um, the Eric Bischoff one was thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, even the Scott Hall one, because that kind of goes back to when he was Razor Ramon, and he was kind of like in the streets shooting promos, and no one had even known who like Razor Ramon was mm. going to be. And 
you know, he's kind of shooting bits. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was fucking brilliant. The old Vincent Mann. Uh, Vincent Mann kind of going through it. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love, yeah. That, uh, that's the kind it, of shit I dig on the network, if yeah, you know what I mean. absolutely. Um, What's your score out of 10 for that? I'm going to give that a nine. Nine and a half? It's up to you. I'm going to give it a nine and a half, yeah. <laughs> it is something that I absolutely thoroughly enjoy and is a very, very enjoyable programme for me. Yeah. Without a doubt, photo shoot is great. I'm going to give that an eight and a half out of 10. Next one, Dan. What? So you're telling me that you're fucking don't watch something like that and you're fucking giving it an eight and a half, but when it's something fucking amazing like photo shoot, you're only fucking giving it a low score. I ain't fucking having this. Front over. Um, the next one up is Ride Along. Go on, you do that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just basically a camera in a car following like the, uh, a drive from stadium to stadium with a, a few various different wrestlers. Um, you know, you get loads of different combinations of it. It's normally two wrestlers in one car and three in another or, you know, something along their lines. Um, now this, you know, it's kind of based on something only a few years ago, but I'd like to have seen this kind of thing, what it used to be like when they was driving 20, 25 hours from place to place, you know, back 15, 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, they're kind of they're trying to recreate some of that magic, but it's not as good as it would have been 15, 20 years yeah, ago. The problem is to have, and the reason why they've got the two couples is there's not enough content for the, just to have the one group of people. I think that would make a better show of it. And if you could be a little bit more kind of not as kind of, I think, scripted as it feels. Not scripted, as up, but kind of like, you know, put in there and it's like you have to say, what yeah. about this, you know. There are a couple of good episodes, you know, a couple of funny moments. You can see the camaraderie with people like New Day and DX, kind of old friends and stuff like this as well. But again, it needs, you know, could be a bit, bit better. What's your score out of 10? Um... I'd give it an eight. And I too am giving it an eight. So we move on with rivalries. And there's no heated, more bigger rivalry than me versus you. Yes. Remember our sing-off, not just last year, when I smashed you with rude, glorious rude. Uh, but yeah, rivalries, <laughs> apart from that, Austin versus McMahon is featured not once, but twice. And uh, there's a, we'll, we'll list the famous rivalries. Not bad programmes to begin with. Uh, about 45 minutes for an hour long, and it kind of gives you enough. Uh, this is Flair. Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper. Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys. You've got Matt Hardy versus Edge. Trish Stratus versus Lita. Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. Rock versus Cena. And it kind of ends there as well. So this is a program that's not been around for a couple of years, but again, does what it says on the tin. I don't mind it. Dan, have you seen any of it? I have seen a, I've seen a couple of the episodes and that, but you know it is just kind of like a highlight reel of their rivals, the matches that they've had up between them. It is, it's, it's quite an interesting program. But again, if you know you want to see the rivalries properly, you have to go and find them in the roars or the pay per view. So it's kind of like a good altogether version of it. Yeah. Uh, what your score at ten? Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Seven and a half. I'll give it an eight out of ten. Next one is WWE Slam City. Slam City again, WWE, but a bit more grown-up version. It's like celebrity deathmatch WWE style. It is kind of like, you know, just wrestling characters, cartoon style, going off against each other. Yeah, they thought this uh, would basically work. I did see a couple of these on uh, Sky Sports. We've not actually covered any of these 
on the uh, podcast and not really worth it anyway. And they come on very early on March 17th, 2014. And like you said, it's just kind of, if they try something different. Indeed, yes. Uh, so I'm going to give that a, a 6 out of 10. I'm going to give it a... Up next, something else to wrestle with, with Bruce Pritchard. It, it's not a... For a podcast... I'm, look, I'm not going to say I was upset with WWE for doing this, but... Like, April 18th, 2018, you know, there was another podcast that would have been fit to be on the WWE Network. Most definitely, yeah. More successful, better <laughs> content. Um, our own kind of take on a podcast. And unfortunately, you know, it wasn't us. Uh, and we did cover it on the podcast. And to be fair, we weren't just being harsh, but, you know, I weren't a huge fan of it, Dan. Uh, I'm not, no. It's it's just two guys with their own and matters that happened in WWE. And Pritchard is maybe, but you can't get into someone's mind that you think what Vincent Mann thought at that time either. Even though, you know, you do try to talk about CM Punk. We don't know if it's going to be another series. I guess not at the moment, considering the last one was uh, July 11th, 2018. But still, you know, you don't know. Uh, and up next, another podcast. What? Oh, sorry. Uh, the score, something else to wrestle with. Uh, I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, up next, we've got the stars. And this is actually Stone Cold podcast. Were the first podcasts I actually listened to. Uh, you know, before we even started our own podcast, I used to download it, listen to it at work while I was going about my business. Um, and yeah, absolutely thoroughly enjoyable. Stone Cold, brilliant talker. Uh, some of the people we had on it as well, absolutely great. Yeah, without a doubt, one of the first things that we covered on the podcast, Paul Heyman on the Stone Cold podcast. And like you said, it was kind of a real influencer. Uh, you know, no matter what Jericho might take credit for, it was the Austin one that kind of I started listening to as well, along with Colt Cabana. And then, you know, that was the idea of kind of what to do. Uh, and I think it, it's missed out. I don't think he can be Stone Cold Steve Austin on the network. I think we found that out. But again, it's a great program to see what Absolutely. it's all about. Uh, what's your score for that? Um, I'm going to give that an eight and a half. I agree with you. Half as well out of ten. Up next, WWE Music Power Ten. We have covered this all across the WWE Network as well, and basically gives you the ten t- uh, top ten music of the month. Basically, the entrances involved with it. Uh, you know, we've seen the WrestleMania ones and something like this. Dan, out of all the entrances on here, what would be one of your favourites? Uh, Shizuki fucking Nakamura and the multiple violin take over Brooklyn. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. It is. It's a good little run through of it. it I'd, I'd like the whole entrances in there. Yeah, full grandeur and kind of what went behind it as well. But yeah. it is literally just a quick brief showing through it. Yeah, it's one of the few programs that uh, got made because, you know, of basically fan demand. But it's not been on for uh, a little while now. So, you know, therein lies the problem with that. But I think it was good uh, when it was kind of around, you know what I mean? But they could have just done a little bit more of it. Uh, my score for that's seven and a half. Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, up next, we have story time. And this is something that I went back and watched kind of like the, uh, in its whole entirety as well. It's something I had on in the background. Absolutely brilliant hearing, um, you know, their kind of stories. But they've got little animated things that go with them as well. Um, they're only, what, 10 to 15 minute long per episode. So, you know, you can shoot through them quite quickly. There's three scenes, all with about five episodes in it. So, what, 15 episodes in total. Um, it, it goes through it quite quickly and it's all harmless enough. Good laughs. Good. Yeah, I really liked it. And, of course, hopefully, well, I don't know if they're going to do it again because, of course, it was voiced by the late great. Uh, mean, Gene. mean Gene Oakley and uh, yeah like I said I, I really we've covered it a lot what is your score out of 10 um, I'm going to give that a nine. I'm going to give it an 8 I'll give it an 8 out of 10 uh, that's story time and the next one WB Straight 
to the source only three of these and i'm surprised it never worked out it was basically sitting down with Corey graves again we talked about culture shock they try to give Corey graves a lot of things to do this one was sitting down a bit like jbl of course i know your favorite one, favorite one dan Yes, it was Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss, but <laughs> obviously having Enzo Amore on it, and they never made any after that, I think he just completely fucking killed it. Uh, it weren't bad, but again, not great. Dan, what's your score? Uh, so you give that a six. Go fish your... <laughs> I'll give that a six and a half. Next one. Uh, target NXT TakeOver, and this is quite a new thing. It's only had one episode, um, and it was for NXT TakeOver 25. It's basically uh, a behind the scenes of them training uh, for the NXT kind of takeover 25. Uh, and it goes a good bit of... Thing. Yeah, without a doubt. It's quite enjoyable, wasn't it? We stuck it on just before uh, we went live. Uh, and it was quite enjoyable uh, to have it on there and just kind of go through it. You know, standard stuff that should be on here. You know, maybe not on its own standalone, but maybe I'm surprised it weren't part of the original specials unless this is something they do for every takeover, which would be cool. Uh, I'm going to give that 7.5 out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give that a 7. All right, up next, Talking Snack. This is another one added from YouTube, uh, and it's basically all about the cooking. And we, we spoke about this in Kathy Kelly, trying her best with the Boogeyman, uh, the way she ate and everything like this. Basic, but I don't think it really works that well. Dan? No, um, there's you know a few things that go together, and wrestling, wrestlers and cooking, that enjoyable um you know when it said sasha banks bucket i've cut off his list of crutch <laughs> uh, you know and i'll definitely eat alexa what is, uh, uh, <laughs> i think you're coming off piste um what uh, what is your score out of 10 for this uh i'll give it a seven <laughs> seven six and a half i'll give it a, a six you're gonna six give, and a half. You give it six and a half yeah all right next one again i'm not having a go at the wwe here but March 10th, 2019, you're going to have people watching along at a pay-per-view. There's two guys that do that quite well. and We wouldn't mind some superstars here. But instead of us, you get hold of Pat McAfee. Uh, and for me, it didn't work. You know, don't get me wrong. I don't mind sitting there for the entire pay-per-view watching a group full of people. But I don't know. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, we do it better. So like I say, really, it's this... Uh... What I want to... We have our own unique take on things. What's your score out of 10? Six. I'll give it a six as well. WWE Superstar Inc. is next. Corey Graves. Oh, what a fucking surprise. What another show with Corey Graves. Well, not just Corey, to be fair. You've got all the guys who've um, had tattoos. I think you'll be more inclined to speak about this one than me. Well, because you're covered in tattoos. Because <laughs> I've got no tattoos whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's just basically uh, wrestlers talking down, sitting, uh, wrestlers sitting down talking about the tattoos that they've got, why they've got them, and kind of what inspired them to get them. Yeah, I mean, if you like tattoos, then that's a thing for you, you know, like Roman Reigns and about what, you know, why has he got his, his bit of artwork. Do you know why Kevin Owens got his tattoo for? Brambleball. Yeah, in tribute to uh, The Rock, of course. So, you know, you've got that kind of interesting story there. And we see AJ Styles actually getting ink for the very he first gets time. One of his added. So, you know, and we see people like that as well. So, it's not had anything since 2017. But if this your cup of tea, I mean, have you seen I think we have covered it on the podcast before. I think. So, I'll give him that six and a half. Uh, I'm going to give that a seven. What, you give that a seven? But you give... <laughs> right, let's just move on, because we're still in originals at the moment. And up next, Dan? It is Swerve. 
Um, again, this is another early kind of tried. They got a couple of seasons out of it. This wasn't great, really, was it? It yeah. was kind of a, a little prank show between wrestlers. It was silly. I think the one that we saw was a microphone covered in shit. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a few. Jeff Tremaine from Jackass tried it. And, you know, you had like the kind of uh, got buzz in the chairs and stuff that has got scared. Uh, and I think it could have worked if if done right. But in this kind of day and age, especially with the PG era, it it really kind of find its footing. But like I said, two series of it. It's one of the first things we, we did cover the whole series as well. Credit to us. Um, so what are your thoughts on it after all this time? It's something that could have worked in a different way. You know, if they're, they're, they'd have had the same concept, but done it a bit differently, then it could have been fun and entertaining. But aside from, uh, um, I'm going to give it a six and a half. Six and a half out of ten, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, up next is one of my, again, one of my absolute favourites. It is Table. Um, I think I've actually gone back and seen, seen them all at one stage. Or, um, you know, three guys sit down, they have a they have a chat. While eating dinner, uh, come up with some very good stories, um, you know, having a laugh about, like, you know, things that they've done. Uh, one of my favourite ones is probably Team Eck, uh, Edge, Christian and Kurt Angle, sit down, have a talk and a laugh about, um, you know, things that they kind of got up to during their times together. Mm. Well, it's it's quite weird because, we, we know, Table for Free, it's one of those programs that have stuck since the very beginning, since August 6, 2015. It's had a series every year, a bit like us on the, the podcast, we're only a couple of months uh, younger than us, uh, to go through now and still have it. And like I said, we had the Superstars Wife recently. There's a lot of stuff still for Table for Free. It still annoys me people eating with a mouth full and trying to talk. But still, I think it's a good programme. But I know you really like it, Dan. So what's your score? I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm going gonna... to give it an eight and a half, just because what it means to us, you know? Yeah. Uh, right, up next. Okay, I'm going to admit something. I have watched, as we go through, near enough everything on the WWE Network. But there are a couple of programmes I haven't seen in their entirety. I have seen little clips. I'm not going to lie. But I have never seen the full series of either Total Divas or Total Bellas. Um... I have never seen enough, so I'm going to give them both five. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, no, it's it is something that really doesn't appeal to me, despite the fact that you know, in Total Bellas, Daniel Bryan and John Cena are part of it. Um, Bella twins completely irritate the fuck out. They're not someone that I could sit there and watch. Not not something that appeals no. to me whatsoever. But it it does appeal to a certain demographic when it's on E. And there are other people that enjoy it. And I think these types of programs need to be on the network. It may be in a different section, but to try and bring other... You know, people who watch wrestling, is fine. But if you want to give them like a more original content, this is stuff that I'm not going to watch. But it's if people watch... Made, uh, you know what I mean? I know plenty of, of women that watch Real Housewives yeah. of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Orange County, you know, and things like that. And this... Would definitely be right up there, Alan. Right, that, and it'd be something you could put on, and you know, you'd be, oh, there's Daniel Bryan there. Uh, but you know, these are successful programs. The Bellas, you know, three series of Total Bellas, and Total Divas have been going for well as long as I can remember as well. So, Season seven, series seven. So you know, uh, it is incredible success. So I've got to give them seven and a half because what they, what I think a rep- network should represent. 
it is kind of a way of getting different eyes on the product, but I'm just going to... So both get a seven there. All right, so both of yours get seven there, and we move on to Tough Enough, and Tough Enough is fantastic. I've sh- sh- gone out my way to show you clips, especially of, uh, I think it's Series 4, and that's uh, the one. Oh, Series 3, what's it? Series 3 is... I've gone back and watched every single Tough Enough, and it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, there was one where Bob Holly absolutely beat the shit out of the young guy as well. Uh, and it was it's it pretty, you know, horrific at the time. But it is showing, you know, how tough you have to be. And again, I love, I, I love this type of program on the network. And I think in its entirety should be shown here, you know. Have you ever seen, you've seen Tough Enough, of course you have, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, it's something that's quite enjoyable. Again, you know, not something that kind of drags me in but it was kind of like you know what nxt was in its early years yeah you get to see behind the scenes that you know anything you couldn't do i mean i'm not a huge fan of the the newer series and of course the winners of that just got kind of got released even though you did see a young velveteen dream involved in tough enough that uh, is indeed yes patrick know. clark jr yeah there he is there just in case uh that's July 21st, 2015. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of other guys you see on the Series 4, the Million Dollar Challenge, of course. You've got the Miz involved in it as well. So there's a lot of stuff, uh, which I think is is good. Uh, what's your score for Tough Enough? Um, I'm going to give it... Seven and three quarters. I'm going to give it an eight and a half, because I really do enjoy it. Tough Enough. Uh, up next, we have 25 Phenomenal Years. If you want a good recap on The Undertaker, listen to... Our free podcasts on him. Yeah, which was the WNR 25. You believe that? 200 episodes ago that was now our Undertaker special. Indeed, uh, yes. Incredible, wasn't it? You know? I think we've got sick of The Undertaker. You did. I love The Undertaker. And this is basically a thing that I was talking about. Go back and listen to it. But you've got the uh, you've got the Paul Bearer and Undertaker with Kamala. You will rest in peace. You've got all of this. is the best bits of The Undertaker, you know, going through 25 years. Uh, I'm a huge Undertaker fan. I don't know if anybody's realised that since. Uh, and it's basically all his best moments. And it was something that added. And I said, I think that's just great. I like no, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there's an uh, in-depth on um, JBL, Sean Michaels, Triple H. also go in-depth on The Undertaker as well, which is not a bad show. And, of course, his greatest matches as well. So, you know, it does what it says in the tin. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to see The Undertaker. It's a good way to kind of see The Undertaker. Um, on that, I'm going to give it an eight. <laughs> I'm going to give it an eight. As well. Uh, up next, Unfiltered with Renee Young. Um, again, this is kind of like uh, what Corey Graves had, you know, just someone, uh, just Renee Young sitting down with various superstars having a chat. There's also a very good one. With- yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Uh, again, trying to be a saint, uh, but not really working. But anything you could pull it off, it was Renee Young. Uh, so you can see where she's gone from here now. And there's a couple of other funny ones as well. Yeah, and it's it's not just wrestlers she sits down with as well. She sits down with uh, Celebrity Eva, uh Paul Rudd, um, uh, Stephen Amell, various other... She sits down with Arnold. Yeah, she's basically in the, the, pro, the room to trying to get the interview. And it acts as well. Again, program that's all right, but don't really lived up to its potential. Uh, I'm going to give that a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'll... Um, up next, WWE Untold. Um, just basic kind of, as well, it says on the tin, untold stories in WWE that finally get told. Uh, there's only five episodes of it. It's not been out that long, to be fair. It started, uh, uh, like Mankind's Hell in a Cell shocker. Kind of goes back and tells a story and what happened, his Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. It, not only that, but 
you know, which we've followed on the, the the podcast as well, but the Sting one as well, and how it kind of went wrong in the end. It's kind of like the kind of more truthful about it because it's more phone conversations and stuff that is put together over the matches. So it kind of uh, you get more truth. And the best one, without a doubt, is the second coming of ECW, where the the very kind of. 30 seconds is like Heyman saying, I hated WWE, I hated this ECW and I hope it would die. And that's the kind of shit I want. If you're going to go untold or behind the scenes, you want the kind of real stuff. And for me, it paid off there. Uh, that's why I'm going to give that an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I'll give that an 8 out of 10. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. There's some, uh, a few good stories, a few good things that you wouldn't realise. Um, up next, we've got WrestleMania. This is basically going back for rest matches that they've had throughout its inception. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the earliest, you know, put on the network, basically, February 25th, 2014. And it was trying to point out everything they had on the network and trying to show them, like, look, this is what we've got, this little clip, but we for you. Uh, and, uh, you know, it kind of worked for a time, but now it's not kind of rewatchable because if you want to go back and watch the moment, you, you go, watch, go back and watch, watch it. Even though the talking heads can be quite interesting at some point, you just kind of get more story about the match than anything else, you know. But again, not a bad program, especially because it's one of the original of the originals. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, what's, what's your what's oh, your sc- sorry? Uh, my score out of Paul WrestleMania Rewind. Uh, I'm going to give that a seven because, like you said, it's kind of it's not travelled well. Uh, up next is the WWE list. This again, it's kind of like the top tens. Um, just going through various uh, kind of like oh my god moments, unforgettable vignettes. Uh, the other guys call this swag very different. Um, List like you know through the top fact or the worst faction. Yeah, we've started it on the uh, we we reviewed this on the podcast, uh, and like you said, it just does what it says on the tin. It's very similar to the countdown, so you can't really argue with that. And a, a little bit longer as well. So I say my score for that would be. So I'm going to give that a seven. Uh, I'm going to give that a. All right, and our last program on the original. So this is the forty fourth program on the original list and now before we go we'll review it first fuck it go on uh so zach Ryder and kurt i love this program it's for added from youtube i can't wait for more episodes right on my street teenage mutant ninja turtles you've got ghostbusters toys you've got all the good shit that i love there's the kid uh, wrestling figures they go and get as well all these kind of limited edition ones uh, it's really up my street, and it do remind me a little bit of you and me as well. Just kind of they, one of them's a bit, you know, does want to spend a lot, and that rider kind of just goes out and kind of splurges on himself. Uh, yeah, you know, it is it is fun for what it is. It's a couple of kind of figure nerds going out finding rare figures, and you know, just trying to just going around various different shops trying to find WWE, you know figures yeah. that they enjoy and like. It's brilliant. I love it. You know, it's only like ten fifteen minutes long, and it's really really worthwhile. All right, so that's the original score. list there. Oh, score, sorry. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. So 9 out of 10. Uh, so that is it for original shows. So there's 44 original shows. Do you think that's enough? Well, you know, if you go on to the ones that are actually still running, so you could have kind of like originals that are kind of closed down and you have originals that are still running, then, like you know, it'll probably it'll be definitely a lot less. It's probably about still going, I suppose. Um, so, you know, you can kind of have the older ones in the vault original name or, you know, something like that and, you know, keep them, the ones that are still going in a different folder. I think mean, that's true, you know, I think that's what we've seen, maybe divide up a little bit because it's quite difficult to get across, do you know what I mean? I know you can, you know, get there easier, but to go through all 44 as well. So if there is one thing that you, 
in originals that you could add a program specifically designed for, what would it be i would call it the gorilla position and it would be the cameras be set up between a, between a raw smackdown or a pay-per-view and have it in a position so you could see Vincent Mann or whoever it was in their area and the reaction when the wrestlers either went out or when they came back after the matches as well. And you can see the reactions and, and how they actually, you know, see themselves and what was said beforehand, what was said afterwards and kind of get really juicy, kind of uncut version of that. If they did that, I just watched it. I would, I would want them to put like a camera so you could just watch it do you know, not throughout the day, is that right? Yeah, or have a, ca- a camera at WWE headquarters and just watch that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, for me, it would be um, wrestlers talking about their best matches, like over the matches, like kind of like audio commentary. But instead of oh, having yeah. JR or something commentating over it, you could have like say The Rock and Austin talking about one of their matches at WrestleMania, or like you know. Edge, Christian, Hardys and Dudley talking about their TLC match and then, like, you know, they'll be saying, oh, yeah, I remember this spot that happened and then, like, you know, it absolutely hurt and, you know, just hearing their own unique takes on their matches that they've had. I think that's a great idea, actually. You know, I would really, really like to see that. I would like to see yours as well. Oh, thank, thank you, Dan. Thank you. All right, so let's look. So your best program was Photoshoot, Dan, at nine and a half Absolutely, out of yes. ten. Uh, also, you scored Storytime, nine. Table for three, nine as well. And that was the second highest. So you actually top three, basically. I scored two programs, nine and a half, which is Beyond the Ring and Breaking Ground. And uh, I, I gave a couple of nines out. Legends House, I gave a nine. And uh, called Zach and Kurt as well. So my favourite programme, I think, be- between the Beyond the Ring and Breaking Ground, if I wanted to see more, oh, fucking hell, that's difficult. Would I want to see more DVD content on there? Or would I want to see more kind of the young guys coming through on like NXT? Oh, yeah, I'll have I'll more Breaking. Seeing that kind of pick out which one's for the future. All right, so we picked out our two best programmes. Right, out of 10 as a whole category, what would you rate it out of 10 as the original uh, kind of folder as it is there is some absolute brilliant stuff on there some stuff that i you know i can't wait for the next episodes to come out but there's some things you know that i could if you could just delete folders <laughs> then you know it wouldn't it wouldn't really bother me you're like oh it's taking too much space go on take that off good here. take that one off um yeah i think that's fair uh, i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna half it is not my favorite section on the w network but uh, i gotta be fair because otherwise if i I don't know, eight and a half. I hate that. I'll, I'll say it's fair enough, fair enough. So that's the original uh, section on shows. And yes, we are. <laughs> that's our first folder done. It only took an hour and a half. <laughs> well, pay-per-views are quite so. All right, so next folder to go to. All right, so our next uh, search will be on collections. And of course, WWE Network collections were a new thing, I say, a couple of years ago. But I think WWE Network has kind of stopped them now. Uh, they kind of put on there. What, what were your thoughts on collections? Because we used to do new collections every month, didn't we? We did indeed, yes. Um, it is a good way to, if you're into a certain superstar or type or under one five. All right, so we're going to start this off now. I'm not sure how many collections there are, but there's going to be a few of them. Uh, and we start off with the AJ Styles one, Beyond Phenomenal. Uh, and this basically picks out all of the kind of the best matches that he had up until a time, uh, which I think 2016 was his debut. You remember AJ Styles' debut, don't you? Uh, I do, yes. Uh, Royal Rumble come out number three. It was a fantastic moment, a phenomenal moment. And it ends on SummerSlam 2017 uh, against 
United States champion Kevin Owens. I mean, AJ was a great talent to have a collection on there. I mean, it's all well and good, but it's probably not the first collection you go and watch because if you've got AJ Styles matches in your head, it's nice for having a certain way, but they've not updated it either, so you haven't got stuff in his WWE title run, have you? So nah. I think therein lies the problem. Uh, AJ Styles for me, then, if we start collections off with, uh, at 10, I'll give that a 7 out of 10. Uh... Yeah, I'll give it a seven and a half out of ten. If it was updated, like, you know, every six months or so. Up next, we have Alexa Bliss, Five Feet of Fury. Go back to her days uh, through NXT. You see her NXT debut. You see her being um, kind of like a, a valet for Murphy. Murphy. Um, and then uh, kind of like made her, f- well, she gets her first opportunity. She challenges Banks, goes on to making a WWE debut and then going for. Uh, yeah, so always a Bliss. Alexa Bliss, I'd definitely... <laughs> only, oh, um, only one? Nah, I'd, uh, I'd give it... Eight for Alexa Bliss. I'm Alexandre the Giant, and, uh, you know, with, along with his documentary, there's a lot of matches from Andre the Giant's career used in here. Anybody who's never heard of the man, or anybody that's never seen any of his matches, it's just got in one place, and it's good for for that. Matches aren't good, because after a while, it's kind of same old, same old thing. But if you want Andre the Giant... There it is, you know. Uh, so for me, that's fine, and I wouldn't sit. There, I wouldn't sit there all day. You would sit there all day and watch Alexa Bliss. I would not sit there and watch Andre the Giant all day. Uh, so well, I'm there gonna... is there is quite a difference. One's five <laughs> foot tall, and the other one's like seven and a half foot. Yeah, tall. to be fair, to be fair, one's very attractive, and the other one's Alexa Bliss. Hey, oh, thank you very much. What's your score? Um, give it a six and a half. Uh, okay, up next, Dan. Is it me, Oscar? Oh, sorry. My score is seven. I'll give it one. Hey, Bliss. I'll, uh, Alexa Bliss. I'll give it eight out of ten. Andre Giant seven out of ten, and Oscar, well, nine out of ten because this is all about the undefeated Empress in NXT. Uh, absolutely. We kind of we got the privilege of kind of watching her throughout all our years when we started doing NXT update. Absolutely brilliant to be able to go and find. Um, and I'll still come and stay in a brick in a debut match at TakeOver Respect. But we, we won't we won't go into that. We won't go into old episodes. embarrassing. We haven't got enough time. Um, so what's your score? Uh, I'll give it a nine because yeah. one of the most dominating, brilliant runs. Brilliant. Network uh, and WWE might be accused of going back to the Attitude Era a bit too many times. Uh, and we've seen a lot of program about, you know, Monday Night Wars or the Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus McMahon. Again, the Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin, is basically what it says on the tin with uh, the speech at King Living 1996 all the way up until his WWF title win. There's a lot of Stone Cold collections. And so what? Stone Cold was fucking... Uh, so for me, I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. I'll give it an 8.5 out of 10. Absolutely love Austin. Going back, looking at some of his most memorable moments. And it is- yeah, it is, you know. Uh, Batiste Van Leesh, is that the same thing? Uh, when he came, oh, you know, when he made his turn, talking about his first, you know, with Evolution and Ric Flair up until winning the World Heavyweight Championship. And to what- now, again, for anybody who's just, you know, can't be bothered to actually go put the legs in, this right there to go watch it. And Batiste is quite a good story, considering what he, what he achieved. I'm going to give that a seven and a half out. Start. Yeah. Um, becoming the rock is all about kind of like the rock, how he started from Rocky Maivia to joining the nation to 
becoming the people's champion, The Rock. And, and this is the thing, you know, and it, it, the moments picked out that we've kind of watched on the, on the network, on, on the podcast, are kind of hearing Voldemort kind of joining the nation. And we kind of see the transformation from, you know, Rocky Maivia and everything he was. And this is what we see with the kind of the, the Batista stuff and, and all the other ones that we've got on there as well. I know. Longed it right out. It? <laughs> Cut James's bit. Uh, so, what's your score for becoming the Rock? Uh, becoming the Rock again. I'll have to give it an eight. Is a good. And what he? Yeah. Where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he come from? Cut an eye, Rock. Cut an eye, Joe. In it. Uh, yeah, I'll give you about an eight out of ten as well. Becky Lynch, straight fire, eh? Uh, next collection. Talk about her early days uh, up in SmackDown Women's Championship again. It's it's good stuff to have the collection, but would you be watching it now with the dawn of the new The Man character? I'd like to see it update. You know, um, with current wrestlers, it is hard to kind of keep on top with things like that. You need to kind of, it needs to be focused on wrestlers that have retired. I think that would make a lot more sense to have all their matches in one place and not have any new good ones, you know. What's your score? Um, seven and a half. I too are going to give it seven and a half. And again, we talked about the best of Stone Cold versus McMahon. Again, another folder to have all the, the feuds in one leading up to, even Raw 25. Uh, not bad stuff. Again, 8 out of 10. Standard stuff for me, though. Yeah, 8 out of 10. For me. Um, up next, we have Bobby the Brain Heenan. Again, um, all of his more memorable moments being a manager. And it is a good. Uh, there's a good tribute to it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, people don't, I think, give Bobby Heenan enough... Uh, time or respect and this is one of my favorite folders here uh on collections because like i said all in one place you just see how such a great performer heenan was and even commentary to make, make you laugh uh, which he was able to do just shows great talent uh i'm gonna give that a nine and a half out of ten i'm gonna give that a, uh we also have brett versus sean the rivalries you can probably go and find this in a rivalry folder but it's just another way of getting uh the kind of uh matches from the rivalry between these two guys yeah i mean like the early 1992 stuff when they faced off up until kind of uh when brett eventually did leave and you know it's kind of like in-depth stuff that maybe you haven't seen before much like the brothers of destruction you know kind of teaming up together to go against everybody else you know you've seen them uh, from 1998 and everything that we've seen about to everything else I, again, I think I've based them off very similar to each other. So I'm going to give both uh, an 8 out. I'm going to give them both. Uh, the collection of Jericho is up next. Again, this is um, basically Chris Jericho from the moment we had the countdown to, all the way through to him becoming uh, champion. Uh, undisputed. Um, brilliant. Good like, story of Chris Jericho, an absolute great character from WWE. Shame he's an AEW tosser now, but <laughs> never mind. What's your score for Jericho? Eight out of ten. Eight. I'm going to give that a seven and a half. Kurt Hawkins, world's biggest loser. Well, it's not the case anymore, but it was nice to have his own collection. So I've got to give him an eight out of ten for that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'll agree. Uh, next one, Daniel Bryan. Well, it's with his retirement one, really. So he puts great. Bryan is a fantastic performer, though, isn't he? He is absolutely brilliant, superb character. Um, again, it's it's kind of up to, as you say, up to his retirement. See a lot more memorable moments to come with Daniel Bryan. Hopefully, loads, loads more. I'm going to give it a eight out of ten. Yeah, eight out of ten. I have to agree with you there. Uh, up next, the destruction of the Shield, telling the story. The Shield is probably WWE's. Would it? Would you say it's the best thing WWE's done in the last ten years creatively? Absolutely. I would say so as well, and I think it shows there. And this tells the whole story of the Shield. The highs and lows of the Shield. Yeah. yeah. I've got to give that an eight and a half. Uh, I'm... Nine out of ten. That's a good rating there. 
Up next, Dusty Road, baby. Again, this is the, the story of kind of like the life and legacy of the father of NXT, the American Hall of Fame, Dusty Rhodes. I don't like to have a go at people, but if you haven't seen the Dusty Rhodes Hard Times promo, you're not a proper wrestling fan. So go and watch that. Go and watch this collection as well, because this was for about the American Dream, and watch one of the greatest performers of all time. That is a nine for me. An eight and a half. DX, are you ready? Again, this is the, the rise and rise and rise, <laughs> DX. Uh, all there hilarious moments and absolutely memorable parts. You were quite a fan of DX when a they huge came back. A fan though. of DX. Uh, they came back, what, around 2006? Yeah, and Spirit Squad 2008, stuff. And back again in... Yeah, you always like. Yeah. I mean, it's alright, but I don't think it's as good as, you know, elsewhere content for DX anyway, so uh, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I'm going to give it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, Viva La Raza. Again, much like uh, the DVD of him, all his great matches put together. And if you've not seen any of Eddie Guerrero's stuff before he came to WWE, you're missing out. What about that match at uh, Halloween Havoc, Dan, against Rey Mysterio? Absolutely. <laughs> top-class match against Rey. Uh, a load of his early WCW stuff. Uh, underappreciated, underutilised member of... What's your score? Uh, eight and a half. I'm going to give that an eight and a half as well. And then we've got Edge. Honesty. They could just play that on a loop for about three hours and I'd be so happy. Yeah, all his stuff from the brood up to becoming one of the most incredibly successful guys when everybody thought it's a main event. Edge gives hope to everybody who's been around for so long. A great worker as well. I'm going to give him eight and a half. Eight and a half. Finn Balor, worldwide sensation. Um, Irish superstar. Went through NXT. Absolutely perfect run. Um, yeah, his early years in WWE, again, it's something that you'd like to see updated every six months to more recent content, but, you know, hopefully they will at some point. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? If they've stopped collections for a while, then they'll need to do something else, but I think quite a basic one for Balor, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. 7.5. Uh, four Horsewomen of NXT are next, just talking about their history in NXT. Again, if you can't be bothered to go back and watch individual episodes of NXT, it's a great place to find it, so I've got to give it an 8 out of 10. Um, this, there's only a few episodes of it. It's, you know, it is a brief interlude of these four women. Uh, I'm going to give And then Goldberg, Dan. Yes, um, I like it when they add their more up-to-date matches, but please don't add Goldberg's <laughs> latest match onto this. I beg you. Um, but again, the man, he's had an incredible career. If you can't be asked to go back, those of Nitro and WSW pay-per-views and early W, this is the absolute best place to find him. Uh, I'm gonna... Yeah, I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. The Hardys, Team Extreme, again, just show what the Harley boys are all about, involved in some of the greatest ladder matches of all time. And if when you watch it, you just can't argue against it. So again... Nah. Uh, I'm going to get a 10. Uh, yeah, I'll go for eight and a half. Uh, and then Hell in a Cell ones and next all the Hell Cell matches put into one place, even the ones on Raw that people might have forgotten about. What is your favourite Hell in a Cell match of all time, Dan? Uh, it's got to be Undertaker, yeah. King of the Ring. <laughs> it's difficult to beat that, isn't it? You know? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, what's your score? Um, I'm going to give that uh, eight and a half. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there, eight and a half as well. And then, Dan, next one. Well, it's Jarrett, that's J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T, ain't he great? Spend my day working hard on the ball, but the Kelvin tops in men too slow. I can wait to be alone with my baby and I. 
Yeah, who can hate Jeff Jarrett? Do you know what I mean? A very charismatic wrestler. Ain't um, he great? Ain't he great? Yeah. So very good, memorable moments and matches there. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. I'm going to give it an eight because he's great. So up next, Dan. Uh, up next is Jim the Crackhead Nightheart. Uh, so it is Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Um, just again, kind of a celebration of his life and career. Uh, a man who passed away last year, and you know there is some very good matches from him as part of the Heart Band. Yeah, I mean Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Like I said better as a tag team competitor, but will always be remembered that was put on tribute of his passing. Dan, which is score? Uh, seven and three quarters. Seven and a half. Uh, up next, all hail King Booker. Now, you hated uh, King Booker, the gimmick. I, I loved it, and it gave him a world title. And anybody who wants to go back and appreciate his greatness back in, you know, 2006, then go, go and do it by all means, you know. I'm going to give that a, a seven and a half out of ten. I'm going to give that a six and a half out of ten. <gasps> oh, poor King Booker. It wasn't well. <clears throat> Up next, we've got Kurt Angle. It's true. It's true. Uh, again, from his early time in WWE, going all the way back, to he got well. Basically, goes from his debut to his Hall of Fame. In the- There's a lot. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable, great wrestler, great bloke. <laughs> yeah, really nice guy. Uh, Kurt Angle is probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and to see him come back and have his moment again is fantastic. Uh, Brock Lesnar rode to the undisputed ch- title. The score for Kurt Angle. Uh, I think Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar are going to be the same score. I'm going to give them both eight and a half because this is when Brock Lesnar was actually relevant. Uh, yeah. You know, Brock Lesnar's rode uh, to the title, beating The Rock when no one thought he could at uh, SummerSlam 2002 is a great moment. Uh, and I think it's you know it's one of these things that you can go back on and watch when Lesnar was actually entertaining. Um. Up next, we have ladder matches. Basically, all the greatest ladder matches in one convenient place, just like the Helena. Um, absolutely. Um, a lot of them, very ball and a few hard hitting moments in them. Yeah, I mean, I think if we talk about favourite ladder matches, it's very hard to beat out, you know, SummerSlam, uh, WrestleMania 10 with Michaels and Razor Ramon. What's your favourite ladder match, Dan? It is the ladder match on its own. Well, any ladder match. TLC, does that count? Yeah, typical. Triple. F- oh, hang on. Uh, we have Mean Gene Oakland again celebrating the life of Mean Gene. Uh, ladder matches. It's a ladder match today and a half, and I'll give. Uh, yeah, Mean Gene again. It's another beautiful memory of uh, Mean Gene. He was one of the best announcers all time backstage. In some of his absolute brilliant moments, he's had backstage as well. With uh, other superstars. Great way to remember the, the legend that was me. And what's your score for that? I'm going to give it a nine. A nine. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Mickey James, crazy sweetheart. I think a, a woman that deserves a lot more credit than she gets. Of course, you know, facing Trish Stratus at WrestleMania and coming back and still trying to stay relevant. Uh, but Mickey James, you know, maybe not had the career that she thought she deserved, but successful nonetheless. I'm going to give her a seven out of ten. Uh, I'll give her... Up next. The Million Dollar Man, Priceless. Um, the legacy of his Hall of Fame career just goes through all his best and greatest. There is a lot of them. Yeah, he was a great worker back in the early days. So anybody that doesn't know, you know, only knows the Million Dollar Man, you can go back and check that out. Another fantastic form in the ring. Uh, oh, sorry, what's your score for Million Dollar Man? Million Dollar Man, I'll give... I'll give Million Dollar Man an eight as well. The Miz, again, uh, fantastic, you know, what he does. Uh, and... It just shows you, Dan, proves to you that he is a great performer. Everything that he does, you know, everything that he does in his career, he's worked for, and that's why he's my guy. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. 
Uh, I'll give him an 8 out of 10. Again, he's a hooker. Uh, we get the money again. It is just a collection of all the Money in the Bank matches. If that's what you're a fan of, then, you know, you can go back and watch a Me to Accept. Yeah. Uh, Favourite Money in the Bank match? Uh, Autumn. Oh, oh, Which in. one? Which one? Uh, Money in the Bank 2013. Oh, right, fair enough. Uh, and what's your score for that? I'll give it... Uh, eight. Uh, then new classic content for Thunder, uh, which we're not going to rate because that's part of, obviously, Thunder when we get onto that in a bit in Vault. Uh, and then another folder which is quite cool, and I think that needs to be uh, more featured heavily, is new to the WWE Network, just to tell people what's literally new to the network. So for me, that makes sense as a folder, and I'm going to give that a 9 out of 10. Uh, I'll give that an 8. Um, up next, we've got New Day, feel the positivity from the day they started all the way kind of up to... <laughs> yeah, but it is... yeah, without a doubt, you know, to get the, the real origin story of the New Day, it's a good folder to have. Uh, but I'm going to give that seven and a half because, yeah, like I said, it's not updated. I agree. Uh, Nikolai Volkov singing in their Russian national anthem. Uh, just an entertaining guy, but maybe not the best worker. Again, seven and a half for me. Yeah, it's a good way to celebrate the life of Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> what are you going for? Um, I'll give that an eight. An eight, wow. And then up next, NWO for life. Dan, you've got your NWO socks on. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Again, this is good. Going back through for the early days, through the start of NWO, uh, an absolutely good way to encapsulate what Monday night was. Yeah, and again, if you don't want to go see the nitros, it's right there as well. Eight and a half for me. Uh, I'll give that an eight and a quarter. Eight and a quarter. Uh, then Patterson and Briscoe Stooge. I love Patterson and Briscoe. If anybody's not know, you know, just go back and see exactly who these two guys are. They were tough guys, you know, back in the day. And then uh, Vincent Mann made them. This is all their skits and their King of the Ring bra and panties match as well. Yes, I said bra and panties. I'm going to give that a nine. I'm going to give that an eight a quarter. So we have uh, Piper's, if you like, an early version of the KO. Ever else has stemmed off from it. Yeah, and it's brilliant, brilliant stuff. And it shows you why Piper was such a star. And he didn't need WWE or Hogan to be that in the 80s, you know. I'll give it an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I'll give that 8.25 out. Well, Ra- yeah, Randy Savage always said that the cream rises to the top. And the cream of the crop will always get there. And he also said, Dan, Oh, there's a tree. So you have to be careful sometimes what he says. But a great... Great collection to have all this stuff on there. Um, you know, and, and Randy Savage, one of the greatest workers of all time. I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. You've given the last four eight. Oh, why don't you? Uh, the next four collector one it is Raw 25 years, 100, all the way down. Do you know what the number one moment was? The number one moment was... Yeah, Beer Buff, which we watched recently on WWE versus WCW. You know, the 100. Uh, what was... Oh, wow, Hugh Jackman. So, what was your score out of 10 for that? Uh, it is a good, fun way of going through it. Yeah, we might not agree with the order of some of the lists, but it is some way. I'm going to give that a 9. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I'm going to give that uh, an 8 and 3 quarters out of 10. <laughs> up next, Fraser Ramon oozing machine about just Fraser Ramon and what he was up to. Of course, in the kind of title run. Never really had main event success in WF or WSW, but another great wrestler. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'll give that uh, seven and three quarters. Seven and three quarters. I'm going to give that an eight out of ten. Uh, up next is Rey Mysterio, the biggest little man. 
Um, it's almost weird you can hear Rose Ramon saying it. Rey Mysterio, hey, biggest little man. Hey, you're the biggest <laughs> little man. Yeah, this goes back to his earliest beginnings in WCW, uh, a young Rey Mysterio junior. You see him getting unmasked, and then you see him coming to the WWE. Uh, absolute brilliant career. Definite huge highlight reel for him as well. I'll give that an eight out of ten. I'm going to give it an eight and a half because I, I think we're going to look back in 10 or 15 years and think how good Mysterio actually was. And he is fantastic. You look at his early days, how good he is. Uh, and another one, Ric Flair. Again, is it because he's been around for too long uh, that he outstayed his welcome? But the impact of Ric Flair, you know, two here, one when he came back and then one uh, about his early days. There's no denying Ric Flair is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But did his second run damage it, Dan, you know? Um, we had some good memorable moments, you know, it was mainly for uh, being part of Evolution and being in Triple H's corner majority of the time. Had some very good matches when he came back, especially uh, against Shawn Michaels. And again, you can go that back through there and have a look. And if he's wearing red trunks, he's going to be losing. If he's wearing blue trunks, he's going to be winning majority of the time. You can check that out and see if that fact does run true throughout his whole career. Yeah, I'm going to give his earlier days an eight and his later days seven and a half. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with you on that. Eight and seven and a half for me as well. Up next, Raw Rumble match. Again, all the collection. And it's good to have them all in one place, like the money in the bank. What is your favourite Rumble match, Dan? Uh, 2001. Uh, do you know, I really like 92. Uh, and 2008 is actually a really, really good Rumble as well. But there's a chance to see them all. Eight and a half out of ten for me. Uh, I'll give that a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I absolutely thoroughly enjoy a, a rumble match. You do love a rumble. Uh, Rusev. That's one of your matches you fall asleep to the most, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if I'm falling asleep to a rumble, I'm not. That normally lasts till entry ten. <laughs> well, up there, Rusev. Happy Rusev Day. It, they dropped the ball with Rusev, showing based in this and how they went wrong with him. But a great, <laughs> pretty much, great right. talent, though. Absolutely great talent. Brilliant wrestler. Super character. Um, yeah, and again, it's something that they should be updating as it goes. Mm, without a doubt. But, but none of his latest stuff. Because they really have, you know. Uh, score? Uh, I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. Uh, I too will give it an 8 out of 10. Sami Zayn, never be the same again. You go back through his NXT days, absolutely huge talent. Uh, comes up to the main roster and barely gets a sniff. Yeah, uh, but a fantastic on NXT. Literally, just go and watch some of this. You know, Sami Zayn, it is well worth it. Uh, eight and a half out of ten for me. Uh, eight and a half for me as well, yeah. Uh, Bruno Sammartino, an absolute legend of the ring. Uh, one of the old school wrestlers. Uh, a huge personality, huge talent. Um, well, you know, he's called the living legend when he was around is because of how many consecutive shows he sold out at Madison Square Garden. And this dates back all the feuds. You know, before there was a Hulk Hogan, there was a San Martino. And this is what it shows. So uh, just for historical, you know, things, I think there should be more collections like this than there are for the newer ones because, like you said, they've got a complete career then as well. Absolutely, yeah. But I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that 8.5 out of 10. Where can't rest in early days. Right? Uh, Sasha Banks, the legit... <coughs> This might be a full career <laughs> in WWE because, I don't know, she's unhappy with her current status at the moment. Um, but again, you know, someone you go back and have a look at her through NXT, we certainly rated her very high. James, yeah. you absolutely love Sasha Banks. I remember your early comments on her saying she wrestles like a man, which is a huge compliment. Uh, you know, you go back all the way to 2012 and see her early stuff. 
Yeah, without doubt, fantastic talent. Couldn't agree with you more. I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, I agree with you, eight and a half out of ten. And then we got the two Shawn Michaels ones. We've got the heartbreak kid about his early days and becoming a catcher after putting uh, uh, Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. And, of course, Mr. WrestleMania as well. What, what do you think Shawn Michaels' greatest WrestleMania match is? Um, I think his series with The Undertaker is probably my favourite. Yeah, I think that's standalone at 25, even though the WrestleMania 10 is the greatest ladder match probably of all time. The Undertaker match is just perfect. There's only one fuck up there. <coughs> There's only one mistake, and that's when he gets dropped on his head anyway. Uh, but i got to say, both of these... I, I mean, I like Shawn Michaels, without doubt. So I've got to give both 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I'll give them both 8 and 3 quarters out of 10. Huge talent, definitely worth a watch. Uh, up next, we have Shinsuke fucking Nakamura, the rock star again. We watched him all throughout his NXT career. Absolutely brilliant talent. And then he comes up to the main roster and you don't need to watch any of that. No, no and it's a shame. But a solid eight for Nakamura anyway. Uh, eight and a quarter from me. Yeah. Stephanie McMahon, all business. Not the greatest collection out there, but it just shows you everything that she's done in wrestling, in, in clip form. and In clip form? In clip form. Oh, and right. it, 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 it's, it's, that's what it says on the tin. Again, I would say Stephanie Impact. She's had eight out of ten. Uh, yeah, eight out of ten. She has had some memorable moments on screen. Not so much her wrestling matches, but just kind of the clips that she's been involved in. Uh, up next, we have Sting, the icon defined. You see him from when he was a short, blonde-haired warrior-style face paint to his long, dark-haired, more serious Sting. Uh, absolutely legendary career. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well, Sting worth a watch. Sting is one of those aura went better because he wasn't around WWE and when he came in it kind of took it away a little bit but still strong what's your score? Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half I'll give that an eight and then the bar of course that's over now but this wasn't updated all the way but a great tag team showing you know the match that they had uh, against each other to start the bar. Best of seven series yes. weren't it? Uh, and then I think we saw one of their matches live uh, went to a draw so they kind of teamed them up and gave an opportunity against the tag team titles you see kind of like the face Cesaro, Sheamus, like Cesaro kind of turns more heel. Uh, that's a good evolution of him as well. But again, another wasted talent with Cesaro there. Without a doubt. Uh, seven and a half for me. Uh, I'll give that a seven and a half also. Seven and a half. Uh, Godfather all aboard. I'd love to get on the hoe train. Um, <coughs> it's all about Godfather. Is this from Papa Shango to everything? I think this, yeah, this is Godfather and Goodfather. Um, I'd like to have seen... Everything with Papa Shango, you know, from uh, the like Papa Shango all the way through. The karma, the nation, yeah. yeah. But I think the thing is, is that I don't think the Godfather's a character deserves its own collection unless you're including Charles Wright and, like you said, all the iterations of the character. I'm going to give that a 7 out of 10. Uh, I'll give that a 7. The legacy of Shane McMahon, just showing Shane McMahon being a crazy... Uh, and just going around and just doing all the crazy things he's ever done. I don't know... If many people have taken that many kind of high risk bumps, but Shane Man is is one of those dudes you got to respect him if you don't like him. Absolutely, yeah. Um, he, we've he is a good crazy talent, and he's had some very good matches. What's your score to him? Uh, I'm going to give that an eight and a quarter out of ten. Cool. I'll give that an eight, and then up next, um, up next is the man they call Vader. What time? It time. It. 
The Mastodon. I mean, this man had some fucking great matches. Not only in WCW against like Sting and Cactus Jack, but even when against Shawn Michaels, and, and they dropped the ball again with this monster. And Vader's one of these guys who I think deserves a lot of credit. And I'm a big fan of Vader, so I'm going to give this an eight and a half. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Eight and a half. A very memorable career. A great worker. Brilliant guy. Um, up next, we have the NXT TakeOver Collection. This is basically... Um, it should be in the pay-per-view s- selection, really. But it is all the NXT takeovers that they've done throughout the years. Definitely worth a watch. Not one to be missed. No, I, it's a good place. Like you said, it's a weird place to have them all, but still it's got to be an eight and a half for me. Just for the... Yeah, I'll give that a nine. You know, just for what is in the collection. Mm, that's fair. Up next, we have the rise of John Cena. Well, you call it a rise, I say it's a decline because I, start, I prefer him as uh, the rapping superstar but you know he's kind of got a bit more clean cut since then yeah I mean but like you said you get to see John Cena uh, Dr. Fagonomics back in the day in the spinning title belt uh, what's your score for Cena uh, I'm going to give that an 8.5 I'm going to give that an 8 because uh, Cena is great <laughs> but Undertaker versus Triple H is the next one and this is all about the kind of build up after the Super Showdown uh, not Super Showdown Crown Jewels it was last year it just showed a match they had a couple of great ones Shotgun Saturday Night where Triple H got tombstoned on a uh, escalator uh, and then other stuff like that as well not a bad collection uh, eight because of the content they picked out uh, yeah I agree with you there um, War Games collection it goes back through uh, all the old War Games all the way back from 86 87 uh you know, for the early war games all the way up until '98, uh, a very good collection of all the great war games matches. Basically. Yeah, I think without a doubt, I think you know, war games is fantastic. I know you weren't a huge fan, but I mean, you know, there, there's some stuff that are really, really good. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Uh, I'm going to give that an eight and a half. And a half. And then we've got TLC tag teams. This is basically looking at all the uh, tag teams evolved in TLC and the matches. And it's just a great place to have them all. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is just a, a collection of the Hardys, Dudleys and Edge and Christian. Uh, you know, throughout all their amazing moments and matches. Absolutely memorable times. What's your score? Uh, I'm going to give that a eight and three quarters. Eight and three quarters. Uh, I'm going to give that an eight and a half. Uh, then the free face of the folio. These collections are quite good, the ones we've seen recently. Uh, like the free face folio, another one that if no one's not sure of the character, you can just have a quick, you know, catch up of Cactus Jack, Dude Love, and Mankind. So I've got to get this another 8.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I'll give that an 8.5 out of 10 as well. Tribute to the troops. This is like a glorified house show that they do in front of the of the troops. Started way back in 2003. They do one every year. It's a sh- it's weird that it's here and it's not elsewhere. You know, like the Hall of Fame, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, that should be on, like, original shows and then people can see, or in-ring maybe, you know, tribute to the tubes. But again, it's a good thing to have on the network and that's why the network's there for, to add programmes like this. So I'm going to give that an eight and a half. Uh, I'm going to give that an eight out of ten. Trish and Lita Evolution. Um, this is all about Trish and Lita. <laughs> yeah, it's just... <laughs> It was building up towards evolution and the women's only pay-per-view and it's all about their kind of history they had. Were Trish and Lita really the kind of trendsetters back in the day during the actual era, Dan? Um, I think, you know, amongst a, a, a plethora of bra-, bra and panties matches and good housekeeping matches, these two women, you can actually see that it meant something to them. Mm. Uh, and they're definitely like women that kind of kept 
the women's wrestling business going and it kind of attracted more women to kind of wrestle instead of just stripping down to the bra and panties. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think uh, with that, and I think with the Trish one as well, you know, she shows that she was a fitness model and then she wanted to train to become a wrestler. And she actually became quite a competent wrestler. I think Trish was better than Lita in ring, uh, you know, arguably. Uh, and, and I'll rate both of these 8 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, Undertaker, Dawn of the Dead Man. Um, This is the early career of The Undertaker going back from 1990 uh, up until mid to late 90s. Yeah, I mean, you know the kind of stuff that we watch too much of on episode 25. This is here. But one of the benefits of having a 25-year career is that you've got a lot of content. And again, I've got to score this an 8 out of 10. Uh, I'll give that an 8 and a quarter out of 10 for me. Quarter. And then uh, the women's evolution. Uh, yes, again, you know, going towards the uh, women's only pay-per-view. It goes through um, all the way from 1989 with a fabulous Moolah and Kitty Adams uh, all the way up until uh, the women's evolution pay-per-view, Rowdy, uh, Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Um, you know, this is a good kind of overview of the women who actually kind of pioneered wrestling throughout the decades so I'm going to have to give that an 8 and a half out of 10 for me. Yeah, um, in a half, I'm going to have to agree with you there as well. And then we've got um, special moments of WrestleMania Monday. And it's not the whole Raw, but it's just eclipse for what happened after WrestleMania. I think my favourite is Lesnar's return. Because uh, even though people were expecting it, the pop he got on that night was something else. Any favourite moments from there, Dan? Um, <coughs> you know... Uh... The Ultimate Warrior returning to give his huge speech in what would turn out to be his last address. Um, you know, there's there's a fair, very good moment. So I'm a, I'm a fan of, you know, debuts or like call-ups for WrestleMania Monday. <coughs> and then next one we've got WrestleMania. Um, I'm going to score oh, that uh, 7.5 out of 10. I'm going to give that an 8. Uh, then we've got WrestleMania Theatre, which... Uh, of course, is a new way of looking at things when uh, Sasha Daniel Bryan and, of course, Charlotte watch along to uh, classic matches like Shawn Michaels versus uh, Undertaker. Again, not bad, but they never really continued it, so I can only give it like, really seven and a half. Yeah, I agree with you on that one as well. Uh, Hall of Fame class of 2018, I think that should be in the Hall of Fame kind of uh, category collection. It's basically a few matches. What we do for the Hall of Fame Hall of Famers, really. Uh, you know, they just go through, show some good moments and matches throughout. What's your score? Uh, I'll give that uh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. And then match of the year, we've got 26. Uh, for that, eight. And then we go on to match of the year and 2017, 2018. Uh, it makes sense to have a collection there to see all the best matches. Uh, of course, our matches of the year for that one, well, I remember Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne being on the list and I'm sure AJ Styles versus Cena was one of them as well but I think I'm going to give them a 9 because that's what Network should be doing put all the great matches together I am yeah I agree with you I'll give that a 9 as well for me for both of them um, you know you may not agree with the order but you know each of their own everyone takes away different things from different matches without a doubt now that was a shitload of collections uh, that was yes do you want to take a guess how many collections it was uh, I'd have to say 54. 78. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, 78 collections there. Well, at least uh, that's... A... 
At least that's the longest one done now, Dan. We're well, right. going to go into in-depth on pay-per-views. So, we've, <laughs> we've only got... Well, let's first off, after uh, 78, let's just pick us what's our favourite collections. Well, Dan, you scored Oscar Collection 9, Bobby Heenan 9, uh, the Shield one as well, uh, NXT Takeovers as a collection, Rumble matches, Green Gene Oakland. It says a lot about you, this list. And that was your nines and your matches of the year as well. So out of them ones, what are you going to pick as your favourite collection? I'd have to go with... Let me tell you something. Uh, so Mean Gene's your favourite. Um, so collections, what would we like to see added to collection, James? A bit more sense, alphabetically, or just... A, I think the network needs a little bit more better on the search function. Right, I've we talk about ways of improving, and I think the collections could help there by putting them in the stuff in the wrong order. If you were allowed to kind of have an edit tool and fiddle about with the network the way you see fit, I think that would be a cool option. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to content, what do you reckon, Dan? Um, well, collections, I think they need a Randy Orton collection. They haven't got one of them in there, but obviously, you know, his legendary career is still going. Um, probably like you know. A WWE Championship collection and a heavyweight champ for all the times that title's, uh, you know, something like that would also be good. Yeah, your edit function's great. And again, you know, there's a few that I could just remove from here and it wouldn't really bother me. Yeah, exactly. So what is your score for collections out of 10? I'm going to have to go with 8. You? I am going to go for 8 as well. Uh, I think collections, it could be a bit more work done, but it is... A lot of fun, I feel, but not as good as original shows. All right, Dan, so that's two down, <laughs> two down, three to go. It's like Crystal Maze. Da, 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 da. Da, da. Um, <laughs> let's get pay-per-views out of the way. All right, let's get pay-per-views out of the way. So this is when the network first launched, the biggest deal was to have WWE, every single WWE, ECW, and WWE pay-per-view on the network and in part that's true there were a couple of things that aren't right but i'll get on to that in just a second so where do you want to start off in pay-per-views dan uh we start off with extreme championship wrestling ec dub now ec dub now dan how many ecw pay-per-views have you seen um not really all right, so the thing with ECW pay-per-views, like you said, and it, it didn't run for long, and there were a lot more ECW pay-per-views before it actually become pay-per-views, and, and ECW and WWE Network, to their credit, have added some. So, like, Cyber Slam 96 wasn't actually the official pay-per-view. You've got, like, November to Remember 1995 as well. Uh, I've, I've obviously seen every single ECW pay-per-view, and the kind of 1995 stuff is probably the best stuff leading up into 2001. But there are, of course, you've got the 2005 one, uh, One Night, is it One Night Stand? Or oh, I can't remember what the fuck it's called now. Yeah, so One Night Stand, 2005 and 2006. And again, ECW, it, it said what, it did what it said on the tin. So if, if, if out of all the pay-per-views that you're going to select, ECW probably be last on your list? Yeah. And what are the reasonings? Um, I don't know, I wasn't a huge fan of ECW, it's not my kind of thing. Yeah, you know, they had a few uh, good wrestlers, Tommy Dreamer, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, uh, and so on and so forth. You know, it's it's quite samey, you know, too much of an ignoring, whereas WWE, they kind of had it as one pay-per-view a year, you know, it was an extreme rules type thing, which was, you know, plenty for me. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> 
Oh, he said with the ECW and Extreme Style. I think a lot of it suffers in even in the 2000s from kind of uh, being just uh, losing all their top talent. You know, people like the Dudleys and Taz who went on to WWE and it kind of wasn't the same thing until, you know, they did have fans up until going out of business. But, you know, evidently it wasn't enough. Uh, I d- sometimes I think when I was younger, I preferred ECW, like the kind of blood and guts until now. Because I used to watch like, kind of a lot of hardcore stuff. Uh, you know, even like the kind of Mick Foley, you know, with the Japanese death matches and stuff, trying to sort that out. And now it's kind of more kind of chain wrestling. I don't know if it's just because I've matured a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I do rate ECW. Some of the ECW stuff pay-per-views are really, really good. But a company that can have just incredible, like, WWE champion or pay-per-views in a row was barely a C player. But, you know, whatever. They had that, didn't they? Well, yeah, but the, the problem is with that, I think Mike Orson was a champion, and then WSW tried to uh, bolt him out of the contract for there, and they kind of just kept losing people all the time, and they didn't have anybody to replace them. But I, I rate ECW, and I, for, for Papers to have every single one there, even though there are a few that I wouldn't mind adding from 1994 and uh, 1995 as well, uh, I'm, I'm still going to give it a strong score. I'm still going to give it an uh, 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10 for now, <laughs> might be a silly question, but have, <laughs> have you actually got a favourite ECW pay-per-view? I haven't, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I was just going to say, if anybody wants to go back and watch ECW, the the, the best one probably for is, is One Night Stand in um, 2005, <coughs> June 12, 2005, because that was when Payman was allowed to be ECW for that one last time. Anything afterwards is Vincent Mann's hands on it. And I think anything before, you know, I think you just get everything that's perfect with ECW on there. WCW? All right, let's jump south to WCW. Now, it's something romantic about going on to WCW and the pay-per-views. I don't know why, but I don't know if it's just because it's a different company and a bit unlike ECW because it's such a big company and it's just nice to have a bit of different change. You know, it doesn't all look the same. I do like the variations of wrestlers I have on their pictures. When you go back through pictures, you've got Roman Reigns, Cena, Roman Reigns, Cena, you know, and it goes through. Why is there John Cena? John Cena? Great American. Great American Bash, and they've put the, uh, <coughs> oh, they've put the, the WWE versions on it from 2004 onwards, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it is good, you know. You can go all the way back to 1983 with Ric Flair versus Hardy Ray, and title in a steel cage match, and Piper versus Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, look at that. Look at their mutton chops. And they fantastic. Harley Race, you know, fantastic former champion as well. Uh, and that dog collar match, you know, the, the amount of claret spilt in that. And you can see every single Starcade. You know, Starcade was older than WrestleMania, wasn't it? You know, uh, there's a couple of great names as well for pay-per-views as well. Not only that. Uh, yeah, they've they've got loads. Uh, Bash at the Beach. But then they've got Chee Town Rumble. Chai Town Rumble or Greed. Or sin. Yeah, but they've got stuff like, you know, Spring Stampede, which always started it, you know. And Are they trying to rip off the WrestleMania with Wrestle? Well, they might be. You know, it's Bunkhouse Stampede was <laughs> was put there uh, as an alternative to the Royal Rumble, which was there at the same time as well. You know, Beach Blast and Battle Ball, Bowl, but Bash at the Beach had so many memorable moments as well. You know, with the NWO, more famously what we're going to be watching yeah, yeah, they did. You know, they did have their standout ones: Great American Bash, Slambury, Sold Out was a good one. Halloween Havoc's a great Halloween name. Halloween Havoc, yeah. You know, and especially we've seen with the events there, we always try and watch a Halloween Havoc. 
so, but you've, you know, we've been watching a lot of WCW pay-per-views these past couple of years. Were you watching, I know you were a fan of WCW back in the day, but how many pay-per-views have you watched since having a network, do you reckon? Um, I've watched a few of the, uh, the World War, the World War pay-per-views. Um, a few of the Bash at the Beach ones as well, Halloween Havocs. Uh, you know, I've watched the, the kind of the big name ones from back in the day. And more recently, what would say your favourite pay-per-view has been? Um, um, well, my favourite WWE pay-per-view, uh, well, want to pick one out that we see. I don't think it doesn't get any bigger than Starcade 1997 with Sting versus Hogan with all that build-up with Sting, you know, nearly a year and a half of build-up towards that match. And WWE was the biggest wrestling company in that world at the moment. And if things had gone right, like we saw what happened at WrestleMania kind of 14 with Austin having this moment, rather than what ended up happening, then, uh, you know... Therein lies WCW problem. We're seeing the decline now and watching it. But, you know, WCW did... It was fun. It was an alternative, wasn't it? You know, like AEW is trying to be now, WCW actually was. And we're beating WF for a long time. So I think any pay-per-view... Go back and try and watch every single WCW pay-per-view if you can. You know, because it is well worth it. It's really nice to have it right there, isn't it? You know? Absolutely, yeah. So, no favorite pay-per-view, Dan. But what is your score for pay-per-views, WCW? Um... I'm going to give it. What did I give ECW? You get seven. Uh, I'm going to give WCW an eight and a half just for nostalgia. Eight and a half for nostalgia. I'm going to give it a nine and a quarter. I would be giving it maybe a full on ten if it wasn't missing some important features. <clears throat> there's a there's a German pay per view that's not on there from uh, 2000, which I'm not happy about. And there's also a couple of events from uh, 98 as well from uh, North Korea, which should be on there to complete the WCW collection. But apart from that, a nine and a quarter. I love, I think WCW paper is one of the first things I go to. And Tony Schiavone is, is much better commentator than I gave him credit for back in the day. So, what are we going to do? WWE or WWE Alternative Audio? <laughs> uh, WWE Alternative Audio is just there for uh, different languages. We have got, no, I'm not going to list them all. There's loads of different languages. Yeah, so the commentators that we have. Yeah. That's French, that Portuguese, Russian, Japanese, Spanish, German, Mandarin, Hindi, and Arabic. Oh, I, I think s- the Saudi Arabia Super Showdowns. Yeah, I, I, I think that. But I think the Spanish announcers deserve a special shout-out for the years table. of dedication. Yeah. All right, so WWE pay for you, Dan. Take us away. <laughs> Anything about them? Um, Which one to start? Well, it goes all the way back to 1985. For these for WrestleMania one or just WrestleMania as it were because that's what it was. Um you know, you go back through uh and then like from eighty eight you had kind of like the big four, which was uh the marquee ones, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania's, uh Summer Slams and Survivor series, up until they started adding the in your house collections. Night Night Three was King of the Ring. Yeah, the King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, in your house was from night night five onwards because WSW were adding pay per views to theirs and then WWE decided to fight back until we eventually got twelve pay per views a year from night night six onwards. But what's your favourite when you go back to watch pay per view? What's your favourite years? Um, currently at the moment it is well two thousand and one. I mean uh, two thousand and one the invasion. I think that's good. Um, early two thousand and two. You know, seeing the early uh, Eddie Guerrero stuff, and yeah, I think early two thousands for me. Early <laughs> to the Attitude Era, uh, with that being involved, uh, I think that's a, a fair place to start. I mean, there's just so so much. 
that you could watch, you know, and even if you fancied watch pay-per-views along with Raw and SmackDown, then you have to kind of tune it in uh, in that way as well. But anything is possible. You've got most WWE pay-per-views on there as well. What's your favourite pay-per-view name? Uh, Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. I, think, well, I always like Bad Blood. I don't know what it is about that. It's one of the very first VHS that I bought, but I think Bad Blood, quite a cool name to have. Uh, I remember that in 1997. Uh, I but do, you know, I do like um, uh, I, I like the Backlash name Armageddon. Um, none of them ones, old shit. No, Capital Punishment is like breaking points. Awful. Clash of Champions is quite enjoyable. You know, the champions from each brand going against each other. Um, Fast Lane again, Fatal Four Way. That's a good kind of stipulation style one. Uh, Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did enjoy the In Your House style ones as well, but they weren't really leading anywhere. They was just kind of like the... It was like, I remember it like In Your House, Beware of Dog. Yeah. It's always my kind of favourite ones. Uh, you know, I, I, one of the things I hope they wish they'd bring King of the Ring is one of these things that can be used as such an effective tool to build talent and it's just not working, you know. Um, you know, and like I said, just so many names throughout the years with, with certain things, but... When you talk about the kind of favourite pay-per-views as well, there's just so many of them. But what out of every pay-per-view show or pay-per-view name, do you think you see more Rumbles than anything else? Um, it'd either be a toss-up between Rumbles or WrestleManias. And what one would be your... If you had to pick out maybe three, you know, WrestleMania or Rumbles? Um, if I was going to go back and watch three WrestleManias, the ones I've probably seen the most would be uh, nine, yeah. obviously. Um, 17 and 20 I suppose so I mean this is the thing with WrestleMania I mean 17 is always going to have a very special place in my heart I do think that is the greatest pay-per-view of all time bar none you know I, when it comes to picking one I think that's the one but there are when you've got so many there are so many great ones like 2002 is a great time the uh, Vengeance 2002 with a triple threat match between Angle Taker and The Rock just a fantastic thing you know and there, there are so many other moments to just sit back and, and another thing that doesn't get mentioned a lot, when you put a Royal Rumble on or a SummerSlam, and one of the things I do enjoy, they bleed into the other one. Yeah. Um, one one thing that I wish they would do is that if you go on to a year, you could literally go through the year, like Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view. You know, you could go through kind of like the year in order as opposed to having to right, go to this Raw, then go to that SmackDown, then go to that. Raw, yeah. well, so, sometimes I find it fun if I'm falling asleep during WrestleMania 4 to wake up during WrestleMania 7. I always, yeah. I always kind of oh, find yeah, that, yeah. you know, so, so I quite like that. But sometimes if I'm watching, I've been watching like WWE stuff from like 95 recently, and at the end of it, if I, if I fall asleep during like the Great American Bash 95, I'm going to wake up during Great American Bash 97 as opposed to uh, a little full, full Raw 95. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind it. Through, but I'm sure there's ways if you can you know work it a little bit I'm sure there's ways of doing it uh, but that's kind of my pay for you at the moment it's been like just anything from WSW with WSW stuff not really gone back recently I think it's because we're watching the Attitude Era now and that's probably the I want to say it's the best time of pay per view but it's pretty close isn't yeah. it you know well again you know for me if I'm going to go back and watch pay per views Invasion's a good one for me I like the kind of way that plays out, and then I'll play that on to something like Survivor Series 2001 as well. Uh, but again, you know, there's so many favourites, so many ones I've gone through back and watched and rewatched. Um, I have to admit, though, that <clears throat> probably anything from the last four years, I don't think I've gone back and rewatched. No, I've not. 
No, I really haven't got watched anything else. I might, no, I'm not. I might have rewatched an old Rumble or half a WrestleMania, but nothing in its entirety. Yeah. Um, but there are so many great pay-per-views. So you think WWE pay-per-views are obviously the strongest because they keep adding to them more yeah. than WWE and ECW. <laughs> well, aren't obviously, they, yeah? with ECW and WCW, they're kind of like <laughs> a, a closed product now, whereas WWE are expanding month by month. And it's still. Do you think it's the it's the best reason to WWE? Isn't it? Yeah. Right, Absolutely. Down. I used to go out and, um, you know, once a week I'd probably buy myself a, a WWE pay-per-view, what, 10, 15, maybe up to £20. Uh, and this, you know, for, and I'd watch it till the fucking disc just keeps jumping and it's it's absolutely fucked. Uh, but with this, you know, for, for £10 a month, which is less than what I would spend on DVDs, you get... Without a doubt, uh, and this is that you do get everything. There's not much missing from uh, the, the pay per views, you know, even the kind of British ones and all the in your houses and stuff. Stuff that when I was a kid and, and later on, desperate to own in the collection, and now it's all here on the W network. Uh, I think pay per views one of the strongest ones, obviously, on the network. If we're rating it out of ten, uh, what would be your score overall on pay per view? On WWE? Yeah, WWE pay-per-views. Yeah. Um, WWE pay-per-views, I'll give it a nine and three quarters. So a nine and three quarters. That is a pretty strong score. Uh, so pay-per-views overall then, uh, WWE, ECW and WWE included, what are you going to rate them? Eight and a quarter. So what's uh, not making it hit their high level then? What, on um, You know, there's still some holes, as you mentioned, in the WCW and ECW content. Um and, uh, you know, I'd just like to be able to kind of choose. If I go on to pay-per-views, then, like, you know, it'd give me... It'd come up with the Armageddon ones, and I could watch them, you know, from Armageddon when it starts all the way up to later dates. But if I go on to years, I get to watch it through the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to skipping from, like, backlash to backlash to backlash. Well, it's interesting to see what they could do with pay-per-views. I think there's a way, easy search function as well, I think it's something they can look at. But a pay-per-views overall, for me, I've got to give a, a 9 out of 10. It, it's so strong. Like, what for WWE? Uh, well, WWE pay-per-view, I gave 9.5, because it's basically all there with WWE pay-per-views. And a 9 out of 10 for a pay-per-views overall, just because the, the WWE stuff is probably the stuff I watch the most. And that's what I go back and watch, because... It's different. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I've seen most of the WWE pay-per-views. And WWE and ECW was stuff that you just wanted to get watched. You want to watch stuff that you can't get hold of or you you haven't seen that you've heard of and it sounds better. Uh, And that's why there's a choice now on the network. Uh, And I think pay-per-views overall are one of the strongest ones that we've got. All right. So then we move on. And we've only got two left. Two. And it's time to go in ring. Alright, so Originals, Collections and Pay-Per-Views done, so it's in-ring. So there's all of the new in-ring content on the WWE Network. And the first folder is WWE Worlds Collide. Uh, Yes, this is kind of like a a huge event for WrestleMania week. Well, it was over WrestleMania weekend. It started on February the 2nd, running until April the 24th. Um, And it was just... All the different worlds, Raw, SmackDown, T, NXT UK and 205 Live, kind of a, a huge crossover pay-per-view between a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, we we followed this and we got the uh, 
we had the bonus points on the line for the very first episode with Velveteen Dream coming out successful. Of course, they spoiled it for the WrestleMania tapings, but it's not a bad concept, was it, really? No. Uh, I quite enjoyed it, but should it be on a grander scale, do you reckon? Um, I would like to see it as more, you know, people that was involved, but the top, top superstars of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, again, you know, for what it was, absolutely fun and enjoyable, and I'd like to see more of these. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if they could do it, would it be a good standalone pay-per-view in itself to have Wells collide, you know, in that way? I think it would, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be better than stomping grounds, you know, to see, you know, all right, let's everybody just face each other off. Might be more bragging rights, whether it is, but at least it gives the talent that weren't involved at WrestleMania a chance to be involved. Uh, So what's your score for Wells collide? Um... I'm going to have to give it an eight and a half. I too will give it an eight and a half as well because there's potential and hopefully they can add to it when they get to SummerSlam Survive Series as well and maybe have more competitions, you know. I think that would make a lot more sense. Next one. Next one is NXT UK. Um, Started in October 2018. Uh, A relatively new concept. Uh, Absolutely enjoyable. It's starting to get its own kind of stories and... um, you know, rivalries going on throughout that as well. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Without a doubt, you know, NXT UK has been a breath of fresh air on the W Network. And now you can see people like, you know, Walter and Pete Dunne, Piper Niven and Tony Storm week in, week out. And it's becoming better than NXT now at the moment, isn't it? You know what I mean? They're building a roster down there and it really is getting exciting. Because, uh, of course, we follow it every month. And there's times when, you know, NXT UK is the thing you want to watch, isn't it, you know? Uh, yes, most definitely. Um, it is, you know, again, it's, as it's now it's kind of developed into its own thing. This, this early episodes, you know, it was kind of finding its feet, uh, starting rivalries and that. And now that it's kind of progressing, it is kind of like gathering size and momentum and that. And it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, no, it is brilliant at the moment, and I recommend uh, for anybody to go and watch it. So I'm going to give that a nine and a half out of ten at the moment. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, nine and a half out of ten. Absolutely, definitely worth the watch. Well, another one definitely worth the watch, and something we've watched since the very beginning of the podcast, WWE NXT, and it's finally been fleshed out as well, so now we can actually go back and kind of watch the real, you know, start of it. What NXT was before it became what we thought, which was basically a competition. Uh, and it was really funny to think that NXT was this just after ECW had gone down and what it became now with Seth Rollins becoming the first champion, of course. They've gone through many uh, figureheads of NXT, Dan. Who's your maybe favourite, like, kind of champion or figurehead that they've had throughout the time? Um, no, that's a difficult question. Um, I would have to go with Oscar. Oscar? Oh, that's a great shout, that is. Because you think about, you know, Finn Balor early on, but Oscar, is she the most dominant in NXT? Oh, you have to say so, even if they keep doing the fucking things with Shania Baszler. But is NXT as strong now as it was a few years ago? Um, no, I think, you know, 16, 17 and 18 was kind of its its strongest and it's feels like it's kind of going a bit down here, you know, no disrespect to some of the wrestlers on there, but it's it needs to restock their rankings before sending everyone up maybe a bit too quickly. Yeah, I, I think I agree with there. I think we've seen with the roster at the moment of trouble. But you've been recommending NXT to people, haven't you? Oh, I have, yes. Um my brother he's he's downloaded the network onto his Xbox One. <laughs> he's one of them kind of people. But um no uh you know, he's he's a fan of wrestling. 
Um, and yeah, I've said, let you know, if you want to follow a great storyline, the Kagano Chompa storyline is the best place to go. Without a doubt, you know, it's so much heart. Uh, it's, it's just everything, you know, even the Finn Balor title run, the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens thing, uh, told a story, you know, even uh, Bobby Roode and Nakamura is my favourite NXT moment of all time. Uh, and of course, the takeovers are involved in this as well, uh, as well as the episodes of NXT. So it's probably one of the best, you know, collections there, even though you have got the takeover collections. Uh I don't know, to pick out a favourite NXT moment is so difficult. Dan, have you... I mean, I can remember Nikki Cross versus Oscar, last women's standard match. Um, there's, you know, there's some great moments or memorable moments. Um, you know, in the early days of NXT back in 2010, used to have WWE pros go into the ring to take on NXT rookies. Uh, you've got Alberto Del Rio going on against Derek Bateman. Yeah, who became EC3. And like I said, that was kind of where the start of it. But, I mean, since then, since it's become proper NXT, we've seen some great moments, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of uh, Drew McIntyre's run. We've seen... Uh, Alistair Black from that Ali as well. B, yeah, Gagano Chompa story being told in great detail as well. Samoa Joe fighting for the NXT title with uh, Battle and Nakamura, you know, like... All this kind of history of NXT, and it's difficult to pick out moments, but I'm just glad we've been on the journey since like 2015 and managing to kind of keep up with everything that's been changing. Uh, like I said, the women's division needs work, maybe the tag team division, but you know, I think Adam Cole is champion right now. Is he the right man for the job, Dan? You're going to make me say it, aren't you? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I can't believe it. So we'll see what happens with NXT. Uh, it's brilliant. Have you got a moment that you always remember from NXT? Uh, I I think it is all, it all kind of rolls into one great memory for me. (laughs) What is your score out of 10? Um, I'm going to have to say 10. Wow. 10 out of 10 for Dan. I'm, I'm giving it, oh shit me now. Yeah, I'm giving it nine and three quarters. I'm not giving it 10, nine three. It's better than NXT UK because it's got the takeovers. But NXT UK, if it pulls it out of the bag. But it's great to have that kind of competition between the two. I don't think we know how lucky we are at the moment that we've got NXT and NXT UK uh, as shows right there. All right, next one, 205 Live. Again, something that we've kind of followed since so way back in November of 2016, towards the end of November 2016. Um, and this kind of stemmed off from the CWC tournament that we saw absolutely thoroughly enjoyed that it was probably one of the best refreshing things we've seen mm. for a long while on uh, the WWE network absolutely brilliant and to get its own show it's kind of had its ups and downs it's been a, a roller coaster so, you know it's downs including Enzo Amore being champion mm. and his stupid fucking annoying run um, and it's kind of started peaking downwards again after rising up after losing Enzo Amore um, hopefully it can, you know, go go on its way back up again very soon. Without a doubt, like you said, since they've lost Buddy Murphy as champion, it's kind of been affected. And it's good that you can admit that as well. Uh, and it's difficult, you know, when they've got people like Mike Ken Ellis on the show now. But 205 Live hasn't been treated with the same respect as NXT throughout the years, has it? You know, it's not had its own pay-per-view. Would it have benefited from having its own show, do you reckon? Uh, its own, like, kind of pay-per-view takeover. I don't think it was. I don't think it's got enough depth to do it. You know, they've only got the one title mm. there. It's 
it needs more exactly, if it's yeah. going to have. I, I know, like, um, you know, it only gets an hour a week, so does NXT and NXT UK, but they tell such a better story over that hour than 205 Live does. Yeah. And I think, you know, the stories are going stale, and, you know, there's not too much chopping and changing you can do with a 205 Live roster where you can get NXT, you can have wrestlers that have gone up to the main roster to come down and, you know, go across to NXT UK, and they can all interchange easier than you can with 205 Live. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. And I think 205 Live needs a bit of work. I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with you. 8 out of 10 for that as well. 8 out of 10. All right, up next, this is, WWE, base, this is a program we have watched on the WWE Network. Like, most of the stuff we have. I think all the stuff we've seen tonight on, the, on this episode, the only things we haven't watched is Total Bellas and Total Divas. But anyway, this week in WWE, just giving you the Raw and SmackDown highlights for the week and let you see it on the network because you're not allowed to have Raw and SmackDowns yet. Uh, no, no, Raw and Smackdowns, I think they're about like a month, yeah. month and a half behind. Uh, this is a good little recap show, especially for the shower of shite that <laughs> and Smackdowns have been yeah. as of late. It's a highlight package, that's uh, probably holding it lightly, but you know, people like Scott Stanford who do this, and I think he deserves credit as well because, you know, he could keep work, keeping him work, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Superstar picks the next one, another new kind of new edition. And again, it's the old matches being picked by the, the younger talent. You know, like we see Adam Cole or uh, recently Zelina Vega as well. Uh, and of course, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, Drew, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens and Sasha Banks have all had picks as well. And again, highlighting old matches if people haven't seen. But this is most of the matches we've seen now through one medium or another now. So, you know, maybe not the greatest picks. I don't mind them when they're talking about the match and what it means to them. But like you said, have commentary over the top of it as opposed to, you know, beforehand anyway. Uh, so I'm going to give... Oh, hang on a minute. What do we give this week in WWE? Um, I'm going to give uh, a seven and a half. Yeah, I agree with you, a seven and a half. And then Superstar Picks. Um, I'm going to give that a seven and three quarters. I think it would be better if they was talking over it. Yeah, and I've got to agree with you there as well. So that's seven and three quarters. All right, so let's stop it there quickly before we go any further with the W Net review. Just a second, just like to thank everybody for listening just through 225 episodes from the very beginning, Dan, when we started off with Dwayne, moved to Jared, and then we had us, and then we found tremendous success as a duo, didn't we? Really? So we've gone from strength to strength, just the just the two of us, uh, and it has been. Some memorable moments and great laughs. Um, you know, just going back, some of our reactions to winning matches, uh, <laughs> besting the other person as uh, Randy Orton beat Bobby Roode. Oh, I would let bring up, yes. And Nakamura losing to Bobby Roode were all my favourite moments. I think from 2017 now, that's how long ago it was, god damn. Did it for so long, but thank you for the support. And like I said, we had a tremendous amount of likes. Uh, and emails and stuff like that response from our live shows well people really liked uh, what we did and we'll continue doing that like, so we've got live shows and of course episodes like this as well <coughs> and as always if there is anything that you'd like us to cover or do or you'd like to hear us say don't hesitate to get in contact with James is probably the normally the best person to get in contact yep. with through Many of our mediums that we release at the end of every show. Without a doubt. And, of course, we've got the poll coming out soon as well. And it'll be like, hello, have you got... No, it will uh, say what pay for you want to watch. Will it be WWE King of the Ring 999? Or will it be WCW Great American Bash 999? It is your choice to pick, and that will be going on Twitter. 
very soon. But as a thank you to everybody, one of my favourite moments of all time here was when Dan busted out saying that I didn't know was a very hidden talent of his. Dan, would you explain your hidden talent and please show off for me? Um, well, I do have a few, uh, I would say a few, but a lot of Chuck Norris facts. And these are all true. Okay, so take it away then. Well, James, did you know that Chuck Norris had a role in Star Wars? Oh, did he? He was the force. <laughs> Chuck Norris once urinated in a semi-truck's gas tank as a joke. That truck is now known as Optimus Prime. Wow, I did not know that. Chuck Norris does not tell lies. He just changes facts. Well, yeah, he's a bit like you then, I suppose. While learning CPR, Chuck Norris actually brought the practice dummy to life. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Chuck... <laughs> Come on now, James. Come on, come on. Come on, sorry. Chuck Norris has a grizzly bear carpet in his room. The bear isn't dead, it's just afraid to move. (laughs) A poor bear. (laughs) Chuck Norris frequently donates blood to the Red Cross, just never his own. (laughs) Oh, he's a bad man. Before going to bed, the boogeyman always checks his closet for Chuck Norris. (laughs) Chuck Norris died 20 years ago. Death just hasn't built up the courage to tell him yet. Uh, Chuck Norris and Superman once fought each other on a bet. The loser had to wear his underwear on the outside of his pants. (laughs) That explains it then. Exactly. Chuck Norris has already been to Mars. That's why there are no signs of life. (laughs) (laughs) A cop once pulled over Chuck Norris. Luckily, the cop left with a warning. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Chuck Norris went skydiving and his parachute failed to open, so he took it back the next day for a refund. <laughs> there used to be a street named after Chuck Norris, but it was nobody crosses Chuck Norris and lives. That's one of the best ones. You won't be that now. There's more. Chuck Norris can lift up a chair with one hand <laughs> while he's sitting on it. <laughs> Well, you get better, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck Norris threw a grenade and killed 50 people. Then it exploded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) 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 Some magicians can walk on water. Chuck Norris can swim through land. <laughs> uh, and last one. Chuck Norris does not flush the toilet. He scares the shit out of it. Hey, there we go. Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> Chuck Norris. With a tear in my eye. Oh, God almighty, I tell you. Well, we try and move on the silliness of the WNL podcast to the seriousness of the WWE Network review. And we left it in ring and network exclusives. And this is, again, one of my favourite uh, folders on the WWE Network. Uh, and it, it puts it in place. It's a bit of a weird place to have it, but I can understand why. Uh, basically, it's looking at a lot of things here. So, you know, you kind of got the um, the streak coming to an end and the reactions from it. Uh, and Brock Lesnar afterwards, you know, you've got the King of the Ring uh, in 2015 when they kind of brought it back. And that's that was Wade quite Barrett? cool. That was, that was Wade Barrett winning that one, yeah. 
I've got some bands. You've got Beast for the East uh, live July 4th. And that was kind of mini NXT, wasn't it? Because you had uh, Balor versus Owens and uh, Balor actually winning that one there. Yes, uh, Brock Lesnar goes against Kofi Kingston as well in that. <laughs> yeah. Quite funnily enough. Uh, we go on. We've got live from MSG Lesnar versus the Big Show for the first time in twenty ye- uh, for the first time in over ten years. Uh, Brock Lesnar returns to take on the Big Show. And then you've got like Roadblock, which is March twelfth, twenty sixteen. Ambrose battling Triple H for the world title, and Brock Lesnar facing Bray Wyatt and more. Uh, Roadblock was the one that because of his performances here, basically Ambrose got the match with Lesnar, where it was meant to be Lesnar versus Bray. Uh, and it's a it's weird one when you think about actually you know the, the story that he had on there. Uh, also, you know other stuff like the draft center, uh, and of course, well, one of my favourite ones is got to be the UK Championship, the first ever tournament uh, happened in Blackpool. And of course, we all know who won that event and how great that event one was. Pete Dunne versus uh, uh, with Tyler Bate, of course, winning that one. Yes, um, and the UK tournament winner faces Pete Dunne uh, the following... Uh, yeah, that was a, the, the following year as well. Yeah, the following year, the UK Championship tournament as well. Uh, and the UK tournament winner faces champion Pete Dunne. League of Legends is maybe something that I quite enjoyed as well because it was NXT versus WWE playing computer games. They called Starcade 2018 as well, the house show basically that it was. Uh, we also had Halftime Heat as well. That was a... Absolute brilliant match. Ricochet, Ali B and Velveteen Dream going against uh, Chomper, Gagano and Adam Cole in a huge six-man tag. And of course, finally, we had the Shield final chapter uh, with Dean Ambrose, uh, of course, in WWE, which was uh, a kind of house show. But still, you know, um, really good. What are you going to give network exclusives? Uh, I'm going to give that uh, eight and a half. And there's such good content in yeah. there some unmissable moments and matches as well yeah I'm going to give that a 9 I think that was uh, really really good uh, up next marquee matches another idea a bit like superstar picks as well but these are ones picked out to kind of be really really special even Lola not really in the, you know what I mean it, it's, it's up to people to decide but I don't see anything different <laughs> We've seen a lot of matches picked out on collections, and I just don't think there's any point to this, really, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, there are a few good matches. Um, you know, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Um, the UK tournament finale as well. A few ladder matches. A couple of Royal Rumbles in there. Uh, Cena versus Brian. Cena versus Styles. CM Punk versus Cena versus Del Rio. And a triple threat match inside Hell in a Cell was a good match. Um, you know, there are some good matches and moments, but I don't see why they're not in their own whole category along with, you know, superstar picks and yeah. just great matches of all time. I think they're kind of spreading them out a bit. Yeah, I, I could agree with you there. I think and maybe some of these matches are available elsewhere as well. So it's kind of like we're a bit, you know, this is the content we've got and we're just putting it out in a different way. I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten for yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with you with that. Yeah. Uh, up next, Mixed Match mix Challenge! Oh, well, poor old Mixed Match Challenge. We do love a Mixed Match Challenge here. Uh, of course, we've had two of them in the same year. Uh, the first one, I thought, was a lot better than the second series, to be fair. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it seemed like there was a, a bit more fan interaction, and it was kind of taken more, not as a laugh. It was semi-serious, but... 
Um, you know, I think it was more of a laugh, more fan interaction than the second one. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, we had Oscar and Miz winning the first series of Mixed Match Challenge. And then the second series, of course, it was Carmella and R-Truth, quite surprisingly. But, funnily enough, Carmella and R-Truth are still a thing. Yeah, exactly. It, it grew from here, didn't it? You know, the dance mm. break and, mm. you know, things like that. Uh, I th- and another problem with Mixed Match Challenge Part 2 was there was too many chopping and changing. I know, like, injuries hampered things and that, but, you know, there, there was a lot of changing. I completely agree with you there. But I still think it was a good thing, and maybe not two in a year, but maybe one every year with different combinations, you know, if they're going to use it for comedy or whatever it is, is still quite a good thing. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with you on that 8 out of 10 as well. Okay, up next, the May Young Classic. Brilliant. We've had two of these uh, NYCs. Um, both of them absolutely brilliant. Um, who won the first one? Uh, first one was won by Kari Sane beating Shania Basler. And then the second year, it was Storm. Tony Storm beating Neo Shai. Um, again, you know, absolutely great. A whole lot of talent throughout these. Uh, you know, it was good to see a couple of the old faces come back as well, uh, make an appearance. But, you know, a, a lot of talent. Uh, Masimoto, I think, was one of our... Was it Masimoto? Yeah. Uh, Miko Satomura, Miko sorry. Satomura, Miko Satomura was one of our standout performers throughout that as well. She was a bit of a, a an older classic, but absolutely held her own against the younger competitors throughout that. Well, if you look at, you know... the, the what happened in the first May Young Classic as well, you know, it was 2017 we go back to. Uh, you know, you, you think about it in one of the first round episodes, just looking at it, you've got Tony Storm in action, Dakota Kai, uh, Kavita Devi, who have all gone to kind of have success, you know, uh, Tanara Conte, Lacey Evans, of course, and main roster now, Kari Sane. So all these women who came in got a chance. I think the May Young Classic is a concept. And I'd love to see it every year, you know, if there, if there is. But we really like tournaments. We're tournament fans, aren't we, Dan? We are huge fans of tournaments, yeah. Um, you know, we like to pick our favourites and kind of run with them. It gives us something to cheer on. It gives us a few extra bonus points to try and earn throughout the way as well. And uh, they provide us with a lot of entertainment as well. Yeah, without a doubt. So, you know, the May Young Classic is a fantastic thing. And uh, we hope it comes back this year but we've heard no rumours or anything like that at the moment so we'll keep you updated as soon as possible what's your score for that um i'm gonna give that a nine out of ten i'm gonna give that a nine and a quarter because i absolutely love the may young classic and uh just what can i say i think that's part of the women's evolution as well you know what the may young classic brought to it and what it added it's it's, it's a real joy <laughs> have raw replays and smackdown replays as well uh these are just going back through throughout the whole kind of since number one i think they go back to now the wars and smackdowns uh up to what yeah uh up till kind of like you know <laughs> uh early may is the rate latest one there uh i think that's the one we was at actually is it no it's the week after oh the week after yeah, so you're a week waiting. away but, um, you know, a fun little game is going back to the Raws that were held in the UK for the past three or four years and trying to spot me and James in the audience as well. You get a, you get a special shout-out if you can email us snapshots of us in the crowd. Yeah, so every single Raw, and I've tried to watch every single Raw, and I think I got to about 1995. 
So the only Raws I haven't really seen in 96. I've seen most of 97s on the podcast as well. And obviously anything after, I've just watched week in, week out. Uh, with that, Dan, where's your favourite year? Where would you go now? I've got the years up as we've come to select a year. Um, again, I'd probably hover around 2000, 2001, 2002, then three years there. Um, I, I absolutely love the invasion angle and I can't wait until we cover it on the podcast. Yeah, well, that is coming up in a couple of years time but as you can see you know just going through it having everything here you think i used to record these on my video recorder do you know what i mean when it was on sky sports and there might be still a couple but now to be able to do it and your idea as well of having a raw a smackdown and even like a kind of in a heat if you wanted to do that and then the pay-per-view to go along well, you you know you could be able you should be able to go on to a year and select like you know say if you just want to watch the raws and then the pay-per-views, mm. you know, you go four Raws, pay-per-view, like that. Or, you know, you can add in SmackDown, so you can have Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view, you know, and go through it like that, or add in, you know, add in anything you wanted and kind of edit and customise it to what you want to watch. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, and it's what's kind of what we do on the, the WR podcast, you know, to try and make sense of it all, to have the kind of the Raw through... Uh, to the pay-per-view, uh, you know, we've involved. And speaking of Raws, our next WWE vs. WCW will have June 7th, 1999 Raw 315. We'll find out who the greater Shh. power, Dan, it finally is. Don't do it for me. <laughs> the greater power will be coming soon. And that's what Raw's fun about. I mean, you can go back and watch right from the start, you know, the Manhattan Center, where, where you know, your very first Raw, and it's kind of like Razor Ramon and Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Ludwig Borger. Ludwig Borger. Lex Luger and people like that. Yeah, Ludwig Borger, like the very first. And in 94, when kind of, you know, uh, Bobby Heenan and Macho Man would leave, but it's still like Bob Backlund and uh, Bret Hart and The Undertaker, Doink, Doink the, the Clown. Clown and his little minis. Exactly. IRS, <laughs> nothing like that. On to, no, I'm not going to do every single year, but, you know, this is what kind of makes it fun about 95. Because I, I don't want to be horrible to Raw, right, or WWE in itself. That's 95, you know, Amit Johnson's starting to come out. You've got Mabel. So shit is. I would say anything past maybe like, I don't know, like 2004, 5. Like, Raw's are very similar. Is that fair to say or my, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, it's not, there's not been much noteworthy past that. I mean, you know, they kind of covered everything in the first decade <laughs> and a couple of years. Is, it, is that fair? To, because like... Yeah. You know, if you go to like, right, Raw in 2005 and you've got, who've you got? You've got like Bischoff, Angle, Michaels, Triple H, Cena. All right, f you know, fair enough with that. And then you kind of go later on and they're the kind of guys that kind of stuck around, isn't it? You know, 2014. next five years. Exactly, yeah. until kind of like, what's 2014? Uh, Heart Foundation on there. Rusev. Triple H. Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, Mankind. There's Seth Rollins there as well. You know, so it's kind of weird. Do you watch any recent Raws at all? Um, I've been up since the start of the year. I've, I don't think I've watched any Raw in its entirety. I've just go through, watch the highlights on this week in WWE, and that's pretty much about it. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, to be fair, it's three hours long now, and I think credit to anybody who's actually watching it here in its entirety. Uh, you know, like you say, Dan, I think the 2003 maybe 
anything after that might not be watching it. I, I know it's horrible to say. I mean, there are some enjoyable rules. Don't get don't get me wrong, you know. But you would say the 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 real meat is you know to, up to two thousand and three. Uh, but Raw as a whole, to have them all available is a brilliant thing, isn't it? You know, oh, absolutely great. Yeah, um, it is something that's very enjoyable. But you know, that, I think they need a kick in. The- yeah, exactly. Uh, what is your score for Raws? Um, because it has a whole lot of content, I'm going to still go with a nine because you know there is so much great mm. moments and. There is everything on there that you could ever want to watch on Raw. Yeah, when you consider like 1993, so it's been going for over 25 years now. It's incredible. And that's a SmackDown. Credit to that's been going, you know, 20 years coming up. And and SmackDown in the early going wasn't available on Sky, and I was desperate to watch early episodes. Well, with Raw, you know, there's like 1,354 episodes to watch. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you have got... A shitload of content and SmackDown as well. They're one thousand and twenty-nine. So, <laughs> How many rolls have you watched? Do you reckon? <sighs> I, don't know, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I wonder if I've watched like a thousand rolls or something. Like that. It must be going up there. Yeah, it must be. There must be a lot. I must yeah. have watched some hours of. Shit. Honestly, if you put like that's what you should do as well. Can they have it on like? Uh, other plays that Audible tells you how long you've been listening and watching. Well, just tell you just how long you've been watching. You know, James, you've been watching the network for eight, you know, <laughs> eight years. 16 months. <laughs> 16 months all the way through. Um, I'll give Raw 9 as well. But on to SmackDown. Again, the early episodes of SmackDown, uh, I think, are great. Especially, and the fist coming into it as well. What SmackDowns are you into? Um, Again, you know, I have to say... Attitude Era, because, you know, it only came around in 99. So, uh, yeah, from 99 to about 2002, 2003 was kind of... Again, you know, there is moments throughout the following uh, 15, 16 years. But, you know, I think that's where it's at its best. Yeah, and I think we're going to find a difficult uh, situation later on in the year when SmackDown finally does get introduced, kind of, you know, for the first time. We saw the pilot didn't we recently on the WNR podcast but when that comes in because uh, like I say they weren't on Sky to begin with and they're really good Smackdowns they're like you know Triple H fights like six times one of them's like a buried alive match in it and the WF title's on the line so a lot of stuff happens on there Uh, and Smackdown to its credit you know uh, has stuck in there isn't it I I like Smackdown as a show you know compared to Raw it has yeah you know um, with something that could have easily ended up kind of like a heat yeah, or something yeah, yeah. you know similar to it kind of took its own and it was a good B show. I think without a doubt, you know, and I think this was what you see here. And after so many years as well, I think SmackDown still got. And I think it's the best show out, out of Raw and SmackDown, uh, which you know is good. Is there any? We talked about that. So, what's your score for SmackDowns then? Um, I'm going to give it a nine and a quarter because you know it is. I think it's a bit easier than Raw being two hours long at points. You know, it's it's more compact. It's nicer. Well, I'm going to give it a nine, uh, be the same as Raw, because I can't separate it at the moment. Uh, we move on to WWE Main Event. Now, Main Event is a show that is still getting filmed. We saw Main Event getting filmed, uh, and it's got the likes of EC3 and now Cedric Alexander, bless him. Uh, so, you know, but 
weirdly enough, if you go back to like the first episode of Main Event, it's been back, it's going since 2012, so that's seven years now. Credit to it. Yeah. But if you go to like the first show, you got like uh, you got CM Punk versus Sheamus, the champion versus champion. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. Shield versus the the Undertaker in one of these ones as well. I don't know which one it is, but the Shield, uh, and it's like fucking hell. It's, there's, you know. Team Hell No. Yeah, Battle yeah, Royal yeah. on there as well. Wade Barrett, Cody, Great Carly. And then all of a sudden, again, like you talk about a Heat show, show that starts off quite strong, ends... Uh, well, it's not ending, it's still going on. But there was, is there any point to main event? Um, I think with the vast roster it is, because, you know, it is somewhere for talent that isn't being used on Raw or SmackDown, or it's kind of a... An introductory level to Raw and SmackDown, if that makes sense. You know, it's kind of like um, used to being in front of the crowds that Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. are, but it's, you know, it's not kind of pushing them over. No, but incredibly, 347 episodes at the moment, all on the uh, WWE Network as well. Uh, but again, it's not something I do watch. I'm not going to lie. I don't, if I, if I haven't got time for Raw and SmackDown sometimes, I'm not going to go watch main event, you know. Uh, so I'm giving it a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, yeah, I agree. and it's nothing that I'd go out of my way to watch unless there was a specific moment on there which happened. Which you know, coming back to nowadays, it's highly doubtful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, up next, Dan, it's a CWC, the Cruiserweight <laughs> Classic. <clears throat> um, probably one of the greatest bits of telly <laughs> to ever come about. I mean, this was absolutely brilliant. Um, what do I say about? It? I mean, it was. <clears throat> You know, the likes of uh, Grand Metallic, Ho-Ho Lun, remember him? Uh, Clement Patois, Cedric Alexander, Kota Ibushi, Sean Maluta. Uh, so, so much. Akira Tazara, Tony Nice, Drew Gulak. You know, you think about all the people that have... Uh, been... And someone we can't forget. Lynn Storano. Jack Gallagher, we saw him for the very first time there. TJP, high I... pick. To oh, win God. the tournament, who um, he went there. Zach Saber Junior. Uh, you have three guys in the semi final. No wonder you love that. Uh, that was that was just a fantastic tournament. The way they treated it, the way they gave the Taylor tape as well, you know, and, and all this kind of thing presented it. It was fantastic, and those semi final matches, and even all the build up, are this thing out there, and that's how you do cruise weights correctly, isn't it? You know. Absolutely, yeah. It it was something refreshing, and uh, it was probably one of the best things that they've done for a long time. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. We're going to score it, James. I am going to score it nine and a half. Oh, I agree. What an excellent program! And two hundred five live needs to take a leaf out of that book and to be able to use it correctly in a more competitive environment. Anyway, we move on to WWE superstars. And I was speaking to you, I think, off air about this, about Drew McIntyre and about the amount of matches he used to have on here before he got released. And I'm going to go back to 2014, and I'll bet you my right testy, if McIntyre's around, he'll be having a match. So let me just have a look. Uh, did you see much of WWE Superstars, Dan? Uh, of course no, I didn't. <laughs> I don't even know, he wasn't around that fucking back, was he? 14. Oh, hang on. Is that three-man band? Yeah, he is. Yay. But this is kind of like a, a slight raw review show mixed in with a couple of little matches. Yeah, literally, it is like, you know, main event is now. Uh, what's annoying, WWE Superstars was actually a thing 
in the past there was that one show it was like kind of like the raw before raw became raw don't know how many times i have to say raw there but and it's a shame superstars isn't featured in that way or we got the full list of superstars either because i want to see some mcintyre matches you know when he's jobbing out to people like justin gabriel so uh it's it's good that it's on here but it's not the complete collection is it so that's half my problem have you gone back and watched any of wwe superstars I haven't. So, I mean, I think my rating will reflect what I've said. Dan, what's your rating? Um, I'm going to have to give it... Well, it gets seven. I'll give it seven and a half for WWE Superstars. What do you think's a better name? Main event or Superstars? They're quite misleading both times. <coughs> um... You don't... You know what I mean? It's not the well, main, main event. Main event isn't the main event, <laughs> and Superstars doesn't contain Superstars. So, um, I think that should be what Raw and Smackdown is, and then Raw and Smackdown should be for Star Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I think probably Superstars is the better. All right, we move on to talking Smack, and I can't believe WWE Network didn't continue this one because we had the Miz promo. We had a lot of stuff happening. Yes, it added twenty minutes, half hour to a pay per view that was already three and a half hours long, but there was some stuff here that was brilliant. And like I say, that Miz and Brian. Uh, but there was a lot of stuff that we saw. We used to watch it after pay-per-view, Dan, didn't we? So we've seen probably every one of them. Absolutely, yeah. It was uh, a brilliant, fun concept, something that we used to look forward to. Um, yeah, uh, well, you know, these ones followed up SmackDown, mm. not just the pay-per-views, but they did follow the SmackDown pay-per-views, which is the one we kind of focused on. Uh, and, yeah, was that August 23rd, 2016? Yeah, that's the one with Miz... Uh, basically, you know, kind of broke through and like I said, sorry, it was my fault. Yeah, after each SmackDown as well, and uh, you know, it's it, it's 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 good to see it on there. But I think it's a program that it makes more sense to have on. And I think maybe some of these programs are going to be when SmackDown goes to Fox, they're going to have like a kind of uh, a, a show like this. I've got to rate this highly anyway. I'm going to give this an eight and a half out of ten. Um, yeah, I think I'll agree with you on that, especially for the moments it delivered. I would happily take half hour off the pre-show and have this at the end. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, I think that's a great idea to do that. Uh, up next... Well, talking of pre-shows, <laughs> uh, it is the Raw pre-show as well. As if a three-hour <laughs> show needed to be any longer, we'd get... 15, 20 show to tell you what's going to be on the show and talk about the show that's going to happen. People thought they wanted to go onto the network to watch a pre-show for Raw and then not be able to watch Raw. And it kind of didn't make much sense. And I think they gave up around 2015, was it 2015? No, 2016 they made it to. Fair play to them. Uh, you know, Scott Stanford, again, we've talked about him earlier and, you know, others. Uh, again, not very good, is it? Uh, no, no, it's as it is without having to have a pre-show and you also well what are we going to score that first uh i'll give raw pre-show a seven out of ten yeah i agree with you yeah, seven out of ten it's not what about the smackdown live pre-show then uh smackdown again i'll give it a seven out of ten it's it's nothing that i don't miss it not being around no that doubt and finally raw backstage pass and they tried this and there's a couple of good ideas daniel brown's farewell was the last one in 2016, and you kind of have, you know, Sting. You, you know, like they do when a Raw goes off the air, then and they have them speaking, and that's basically what it is. And 
you know, a couple of other interviews, you know, and moments like this, but they kind of gave up as well. Again, seven and a half, because at least it gave you a little bit more extra, if you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, seven and a half out of ten. If it would included something like the dark matches that follows after Raw, a couple of exclusive interviews or, you know, things that happen because they've run over time or something, that would be absolutely perfect mm. way to have the backstage pass as well. <coughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. So there's 19 in-ring shows there that we've gone through and Dan your favourite was of course NXT with a perfect 10 and yours? and mine was uh, NXT quarters as well so we both NXT was our favourite shows uh, which I guess is not much surprise considering how much uh, we do love them the whole package out the, of 10 the whole package Dan do you want to uh, go, go on, first? I'll let you indulge us first uh, no I don't what was your score for <laughs> All right, so rate for in-ring now. In-ring's one of the best things uh, on the the network. There's no doubt about it. But is it better than pay-per-views? I don't think it is. As for collections, I think it is. I've got to give this a 9 out of 10 because the amount I watch, I watch NXT all the time, NXT UK. And you talk about Cruiserweight Classic. I actually might give it more. I'm going to give it a 9 and a quarter. Fuck it. I'm going to give it a 9 and a quarter out of 10. Well, James, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10, purely for the fact that not only does it cover the NXT episodes, but it also covers the NXT TakeOver episodes as well. You know, all looks, are you? I see what you did there. All right, wow. So that was brilliant for in-ring. That scored really, really high. Of course, we'll tell you what category you won. Uh, and we have one left, and Dan... <laughs> It's my favourite one, I feel. We're going back in time. We're going to the vault. Well, James, I think I'm going to let you take the reins on this one because you are a 50-year-old man (laughs) in a 23-year-old man's body. Well, there's not that many, all right? But the vault is a fantastic section in the network. You know, we need old content. That's the kind of thing. The network's missing lots and lots of content. And that's what we're getting here. Uh, we've got all-star wrestling. And I hear you say, what is all-star wrestling, Dan? What is all-star wrestling, Dan? <laughs> it's, people like, it's people like Bob Orton Jr. You know who he is? And Jimmy Snooker and Rick Martel, Tony Atlas and Jesse the Body Ventura all fighting for all-star wrestling. And All-Star Wrestling was a program for 75 to 82, showing all of WWF's best. You know, we talk about superstars, whatever that was. It just gave you a highlight package of who the guys were at the moment. Look at that young Kurt Henning there. Ivan Putsky, Tony, all the best ones. Uh, moved to the AWA, of course. We all know about the American Wrestling Association, uh, made famous by uh, Greg Gagne. And people like The Rockers started there. Uh, you know, Hulk Hogan was more famous to actually being Hulk Hogan here, and then WWF kind of signed him off. You've got 83 to 88 here, but only a few, you know, picks you can still pick out, you know, better ones. Nick Botwinkle is a guy who is an absolute legend as well, kind of like the Ric Flair for the AWA, uh, who was involved there. Have you heard of the AWA, haven't you? I've heard of the AWA, yeah. yeah. It's not something that I've gone back and watched. I think we've seen a few. Uh, odds and sods here and there but nothing too major no too major we've definitely seen some of Shawn Michaels early work from there uh, that's where he came from WCW Clash of Champions again uh, another great feature much like the pay-per-views Clash of Champions was there to kind of bridge the gap 
you know, starting in 88. So there was four events every every year until it finally whittled down in 1995 to two. Mm. And you can just see the changes. Obviously, you know, you've got like kind of Giant versus Hogan there in 1995. Go to 96 and then you kind of got, you know, your, your nature boy, Ric Flair. 97, and it's just a crow in a ring. Look at that. Oh, my God. So I've gone back, watched all the Clash of Champions. And... You know, the early ones, you know, Ric Flair losing the title to, like, Sting and people like that, uh, it is really worthwhile until later on, you know, it didn't really matter in that way. But Clash of Champions one of my favourite things. All right, we're going to rate them, though, Dan, and I don't know how you're going to rate them from the vault, but we're going to try our best here, all right? Um, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you rate them, and I'll take your word for it. I think <laughs> that would be the more fairest one because, again, you know, this is your domain. All right, so AWA, uh, AWA. So we start off All Star Wrestling, and uh, it's not bad, but I'm going to give that a seven and a half because it's not the kind of first thing I go for in the vault. AWA is an eight out of ten because of the Shawn Michaels involvement and other things that was there. Clash of Champions is brilliant, so that's an eight and a half out of ten for me. And then ECW, and of course, with the ECW stuff, you're going back and watching the kind of old school stuff. You know, I talked about earlier with the pay per views. This is kind of all the stuff from 1993 uh, to 2000. So basically the kind of weekly pros on ECW as the pay-per-view goes along. So you've got a lot of stuff like Cactus Jack and Sandman. And it's really good to kind of fill in the gaps because obviously you haven't got your weekly programs as it was back then. This kind of helps. I mean, look at that. That's from 1994. And there's Cactus Jack. Right, man, you would think he's come. And that is like, you know, three years before he would be that in WWF. So a great thing for ECW. Uh, give that an eight and a half out of ten as well. <clears throat> Global Wrestling Federation. Uh, Bill Watts' idea to make it sound... What's bigger than the World Wrestling Federation? Well, it's Federation, isn't it? Uh, packed with all the stars from USWA, like stunning Steve Austin, Jeff Jarrett, that's T. Uh, and, and a lot more Eddie Gilbert as well, Terry Funk, Jerry King Lawyer, Cactus Jack, uh, a lot of stars who would go on to be, you know, even bigger stars in, this, in the early 90s. Uh, that's interesting enough program, so that's a 7.5 out of 10. And then we move on to Heat, and at the moment, if only added to 98 to 1999. And we've seen a couple of episodes of Heat, haven't we, on the uh, network? Um, yes, we have. Again, you know, it is, uh, it's a good little filler thing. I think. Um... They tried to make it a bit bigger and better, but it didn't quite take traction alongside Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I think the best heats were the one that were full of papers, weren't they? So that brought a little bit more to it, as we've seen with the kind of WrestleMania one that we had as well. Uh, and, and I think, you know, it's good to have the program, even though it's not complete. So could it's not, I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. And then WWE Home Video Classics, and it's one of my favourite little things. People might not know this, but we've got loads of them. So we're going to run through the list of you right now. We've got Sonny. Big Daddy Cool Diesel. The Undertaker buries them all. Shawn Michaels. Paul Bearer hits from the crypt. German fan favourites. Well, we know you're a fan of that, Dan. I see you on your Google search, German fan favourites. Is that is that what it's for? <laughs> we've got Razor Ramon. <laughs> just, just forget what he's doing. Yep. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. The Undertaker, the face of fear. British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Global Warfare. UK Fan Fame, 93. Bret Hart, greatest matches. Uh, invasion of the Body Slammers. That makes shows out more. Bashed in the USA. UK Rampage, 93. 
Smack 'em, whack 'em. Wrestle, Wrestle Freeze '93. Wrestle Fest '93. The Ultimate Rampage '92. World Tour '92. Wrestle Fest '92. Crunch Classic. Euro Rampage '92. Invasion '92. Super Tape '92. Rampage '91. Battle at the Royal Albert Hall. World Tour '91. Wrestling's Greatest Champions. Wrestle Fest '91. Super Tape Four. <laughs> the Greatest Hits. Mega Matches. Funniest Moments. Super Tape Three. Hottest Matches. Wrestling Tough Guys. Super Tape Two. Wrestle Fest '90. World Tour '90. Wrestling Superheroes. The Super Tape. Demolition. It's the Ultimate Warrior. 1989 and 1992 version earlier. Brains Behind the Brawn. Oh, Haxfield Dim Juggin. Hulk Hogan, Real American. Macho Madness. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Most Embarrassing Moments too. George the Animal Still. The Kempatera Story. Jake the Snake Roberts. The Heart Foundation Ends Things. The Kempatera Story is a very sad story. Um... I mean, how can you know these 1980s classics, VHS videos, that half of them I used to own? Do you know what I mean? That were just covered in dirt, that people found in car boot sales, and now all on the W Network. How can you not be a fan of that? Uh, I'm giving that an 8.5 out of 10. And up next, Dan. Up next are the legends of wrestling. This is my favourite. You know that. So home video gets 8.5. And this is the Legends of Wrestling. Now, when you want to sit down and you've had, you know, whatever day you've had and you want to just put something in the background and watch something very interesting, these roundtable discussions of all sorts of subjects really bring you into it. Honestly, there is nothing better. And they go through everything. So let's just go through the subjects of they talk. We'll go right from the start. And uh, it started off with just talking about certain wrestlers. So it's Piper and Terry Funk. Hulk Hogan and Bob Backlund. Andre the Giant and the Iron Sheik. Jerry Lawler and Junkyard Dog. Ric Flair and Sergeant Slaughter. Rivalries Part 1. Rivalries Part 2. Biggest Heat Seekers. Biggest Heat Seekers I actually had on DVD as well. Jim Ross hosted that. And they kind of roasted people like Lex Luger and Goldberg, Buff Bagwell. And Vince Russo was your Twitter friend, Vince Russo, they had a go at. The Monday Night War. They're badasses. Territories. WrestleMania. Factions. Worst characters. Giants. Important moments. The soul of wrestling. Texas wrestling. Wrestling with patriotism. Managers. Southern wrestling. Tag teams. The 1970s. Families. Achievers. Greatest rivalries. Canada. NWO. In Through the Outdoors. Renegades and Outlaws. The Celebrity Effect. An Evolution of Hardcore. And finally, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, in the In Through the Outdoors and the other Kevin Nash one with NWO, he absolutely slates Goldberg in it. There's a couple of times they really have a go at other wrestlers, which is a great thing to see. And of course, you get to see Dusty Rhodes for, uh, talking about his experience. And I expect this story with a Shockmaster is one of the funniest things. So I would recommend that to anybody. That is one of my things. I've rewatched. So many of these, so many times. Uh, I absolutely love it. So that is a 10 out of 10 for me, the Legends of Wrestling. Uh, up next, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, Dan. One of your favourites, isn't it? I know. Uh, NWA champion, uh, Ric Flair takes on Johnny South and others in one of the episodes. And this is basically Mid-Atlantic at the time under the NWA stewardship, Jim Crockett Promotions, basically, which would then become WCW uh, and everything that we knew back in time. Uh, to be fair, I've not really gone back and watched a lot of this stuff. Uh, I say pre 
90s with WCW has still got maybe a lot of catching up to do. Uh, but I'll give that an 8 out of 10 anyway, out of, set, out of respect. And the same for Mid-South Wrestling as well. Another territory back in the day with uh, Bill Watts involved in it. Of course, Jim Ross got his uh, his shortcut here. And a lot of others as well. People like uh, Coco Beware. Coco uh, Beware. Kamala. Yeah. And of course, let's not forget, involved there as well. And Ultimate Warrior and Sting got their breaks from there. Uh, again, I'm going to have to give that a eight. <clears throat> All right. So then World Championship Wrestling, again, through the, the time that it was on TV, basically just says what is on the tin. But if you go back to the 85s on World Championship Wrestling, it is actually NWA Championship Wrestling. WSW, yeah, later brought it out. And as you can see, the change as well. And uh, it brought a lot of change in pay as it, it came across. And this is basically, you know, some people see it as the golden era for wrestling in, in WCW. People like Terry Funk, Ricky Steamboat, and of course, Ric Flair. But again, uh, we've not really touched on that a lot at the moment. We're kind of focusing more on the 90s and like I said, the Attitude Era now. And hopefully that'll be something we can look at as a kind of history of wrestling as we move on. Uh, so I'll give that an 8. And WWE Old School, another little great little folder here. A lot of little surprises maybe uh, from either recent times or, of course, I say from recent times, 1997 or going back to 1973. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff here, MEG house shows and everything like this. Yeah, Pedro Morales defending the WWE Championship against George the Animal Steel in the main event. Yeah, Rowdy Roddy Piper taking on uh, Ric Flair. I mean, just select, select a year, Dan. We've got 97 or 73, pick a year. 1985. So, 85. And we've got the Boston Garden. And it's Ricky Steamboat versus Randy, Macho Man Randy Savage. And Bruno Sammartini versus Roddy Roddy Piper. Those four legends. Uh, there you go. Just a week after your birthday, Dan. Andre Giant, Hillbilly Jim versus Big John Stud and King Kong Bundy. Isn't that worth going back and watching for an hour, a couple hours? Well, you know, I was kind of named after Big John Stud. Mm-hmm. What, John? Uh, Daniel. Oh, right. Uh, i got to give that an 8.5 out of 10. And then primetime wrestling, and this is brilliant, primetime wrestling. Two guys, I mean, you know, you talk about uh, relationships in the kind of way they were. Bobby Heenan was an absolute legend, and I think he works best with Gorilla Monsoon. I think people could argue. But just to see those two on screen, uh, really just kind of that connection. And, you know, just is it everything that... Um, I just I love about wrestling for mine. These guys just entertained. Of course, had special guests. You had matches involved as well, and this is kind of what it was before Raw came about. You know, uh, and, and I'm a huge fan of that. So I've got to give it that an eight and a half as well for primetime wrestling. So we got Saturday night's main event, and that ran from '85 to '92, and then it kind of picked up again for three years, from 2006 to 2008 as well. Yeah, NBC thought they could uh, bring it back. It didn't really have success, but this had one of the biggest ratings. Andre Giant versus uh, Hulk Hogan. We have seen a couple of Saturday Night Main events. And a lot like Clash of Champions, uh, this was uh, WWF's way at the time to have events that weren't pay-per-views, you know, free-to-air. But again, there was a lot of good stuff. You know, maybe not when the relaunch came back in 2006. Go on. Well, uh, you know, I was just looking. Mr. T faces Bob Alton in a boxing match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the kind of shit you want, you know what I mean? Uh, on, in 2006, Edge defended the title against John Cena. Batista, Rey Mysterio and Bobby Lashley battles Mark Henry, Finley and King Booker. So I've no idea who's facing who in that match, but 
see, it's all fun. Look, Austin there. That's just before WrestleMania 22. So it's little things maybe people have missed out on, but it's there if you need it. So again, I'm going to give it the same uh, as Clash. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Oh, how much more have we got? And then Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Dan. You said you like Jim Cornette. This is his promotion, old school style. Uh, just in 1994, but I mean, lots of young guys made their breaks Jericho. here. Jericho made their break. Uh, you know, and people who may be taking time off from uh, WWF at the time, you know, but it's Bob Armstrong and other people like that. Uh, again, it's just good but for Jay, basically Chris Jericho's career. If you're a Chris Jericho fan, you might go back unless you like the old style stuff. But it's, with all the ECW stuff and everything like that, Smoky Mountain, I give that a seven and a half. Bless him. All nine episodes. <laughs> and then Southpaw Regional Wrestling. This is uh, this is fictitious. This is made up. This is not real. Uh, this is made for a joke on YouTube and then put on the WWE Network. I watched one, but I didn't really find it that funny, to be fair. But I might be wrong. Have you seen any of this? I haven't, no. So I've got to rate that a 7 out of 10, just because I've not really seen a lot of it. I know, you know, people like John Cena are involved in it, Rusev, uh, AJ Styles, Tyler Breeze, and people like that. But again, just haven't got round to it at the moment. And then, this is what I'm confused, because we've got WWE superstars here, but it's not connected to the other superstars that we've got. So we've only got 1992 at the moment, and this is really like kind of the Raw it was before Raw started. But you did have some a few big matches, a few you know kind of face-to-faces as well before the uh, the pay-per-views as it was. And uh, I'm quite a fan of superstars, just want them to fill it out a little bit. So I'm going to give it an 8. <laughs> you retarded. <laughs> so before primetime wrestling, we had Tuesday Night Titans. And uh, Vincent Mann, Mean Gene Oakland, and of course, Laws Alfred Hayes hosted this uh, kind of chat show on the WWF. Uh, and, you know, it worked. I, I, I've gone back and watched a few. It hasn't travelled that well, but, you know, it is what it is. And I think WWF could have something like this nowadays. What do you think, Dan? A chat show? I agree, yeah. You know, they could um, they could definitely reinvent something like this a, a bit more, you know, up to date. Um and I think, yeah, it'd receive good views. Yeah, I think it would as well. So I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. All right, so we move on to WCCW, World Class Championship Wrestling. That was the Von Eriks that were involved. Very tragic, of course, with uh, Fritz Von Erich, the dad. And, of course, it's all about the Freebirds going up against the uh, Von Erich family. And, of course, everyone really ended in kind of tragedy, except for uh, Kevin Von Erich. Uh, you know, and we've talked to Von Erics in the past. Of course, you knew him as well. Uh, Texas Tornado, didn't you? Uh, yes, I used to have a, a figure, a wrestling figure that used to spin around at the midsection with his arms held wide. And uh, World Class Championship Wrestling is great to go back and see, you know, only for kind of a select period. Uh, well, I say select period, 82 to 88, so you've got quite a little bit there to go back and kind of see. And again, 8 out of 10 for me uh, really, really is worthwhile. All right, so one of the reasons I've got the network as well is, you know, WWE pay the fucking Nitros, man. And I know it's only like 95 to uh, 2001, but I must have seen near enough everyone now. And I mean, we're going back to like the very start when uh, Lex Luger made an appearance to the very last one as well, you know, Sting versus Flair. And uh, every Nitro, I think, has been in really worthwhile. Have you gone back and seen any old Nitros uh, since you've had the network? <laughs> no, not no, no, I haven't. But you used to watch Nitro at the time. I'm surprised you haven't gone back and watched any of the Wolfpack or anything like that. Was that my we, job? We cover them on the network. <laughs> yeah. We cover them on the podcast. Uh, 
Yeah, we've been following Nitro since the inception. We've watched the very first episode of Nitro, so we've kept very close to that. And like I say, we're on 1999 now. And uh, next episode of Nitro, just in case uh, anybody is interested that we're watching the WWE versus WCW, is, of course, uh, June 7th, 1999. And uh, we've got Kevin Ash and Macho Man, Randy Savage rivalry, uh, which will be exciting. Uh, but I do love Monday Nitros. They are close to my heart. And I will give Nitro a 9 out of 10. And kind of even more of the forbidden fruit, because Nitro was kind of available. Thunder was not around. And even though it started and kind of was a downfall to WCW, we've had new content added to Thunder as well up until 2000 now and started off in 1998. And I do love me a Thunder, even though, I mean, this is the stuff we've got to look forward to next year, Dan. Let's just go to, there we go. Oh my God, God, explain Thunder for us right now. Um, In one of World Championship Wrestling's most controversial (laughs) moments, the WCW Heavyweight title is on the line in a tag team match main event that sees David Arquette and DDP Take on Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. That's J E double F J A double R E double T. Yeah, and that's when David Arquette actually wins the World Heavyweight Championship. It just happened. <laughs> I selected that one. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight and a half because, again, it's a piece of history and it's an alternative. You know, like, like, like I'm saying, it's good to have an alternative. It's a piece of something. I'm not sure if history is the <laughs> right word. Well, talk about history. Before Nitro, we had WWE Saturday Night, and this has been one of the things I want more on the uh, WWE Network as well. This kind of all the big matches that we had. People like St- uh, Steve Austin involved, Vader, of course, Ricky Steamboat, and uh, eventually everybody else. That sorry, would be on Saturday sorry. Night. You, you say Steve Austin. But I see a bloke with long, blonde curtains. James, is that stunning, cold Steve Austin? That, that's stunning, Steve Austin. But, you know, people like... Um, people might think that's Mark Merrow. But Ravishing it's Johnny B. Bad. Oh. So, you know, people go back and they can see all this stuff before they really... Beca- Look, this dude's pushing a fucking car. Cactus Jack... Is is getting help pushing the car. I mean, come on now, man. Uh, I'll give it an 8 out of 10 because Saturday night is one of my favourites. Uh, recently added W Confidential. We covered this on the podcast. Mean Gene Oakland, Dan, presents this show. Uh, a lot of stuff from 2002, 2003. It wasn't as confidential as it really was. The best episode probably with Stone Cold Steve Austin when he walked out. McMahon absolutely slated him. And even The Rock saying, like, kind of dropped the ball and everything like this as well. Um that's probably the the most, you know, uh, newsworthy one. It's June 15th, 2002. But confidential, to see Mean Gene talking, I mean, the kind of things we miss now, isn't it, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, things like that that happen backstage, and it's, it is a good talk on it, yeah. Yeah, and I think Mean Gene's the best man for it, so I've got to give that an 8 out of 10 as well. Uh, really, really enjoyable stuff with Confidential. And then WWE ECW. Uh, it's the stuff Paul Heyman hated. But it's on the network now. Uh, the final episode from the very first episode, 2006-2010. Did you ever watch any of the, the ECW back in the day? No. Um, you know, there's there's things I'd probably go back through and watch, like, you know, the CM Punk moments throughout that. Uh, but... You know, aside from that, it probably wouldn't interest me at all. No, I mean, there was some awful stuff, you know. Um, like I said, the, to see people like CM Punk and uh, John Morrison taking strides through, but after a while, it kind of really got busy. Morrison as well had a lot of success in ECW, but it's good to see it. 
uh, you know, to to see what would become a lot of, you know, kind of uh, things went wrong with ECW, Kurt Angle leaving, of course, the Chris Benoit tragedy uh, and eventual demise. But it's still, it's good that it's on there. And again, a very strong, even though the content's not that great, it's still 8 out of 10 for me. And then finally, Hidden Gems. It's something we follow every month on the WWE Network. And I absolutely love this category because it just gives you hidden gems. Just, just you know, pick are fantastic, aren't they? You know. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, it goes from FCW champion Seth Rollins defending his title against Cassius Ono, or you've got um, Dean Ambrose going on against William Regal. It's, it is, they are just literally hidden gems. Without a shadow of a doubt, and, you know, the latest one, talk about, you know, selection. Look at this. Look at the selection of years here. 55 to 28. 1951. 1951 to... Uh, my TV can't even fit that into a screen. That's how far low down it goes. Uh, the first one is Fez versus Gunkle. A journey back in time to see Lou Fez defend the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Ray Gunkle in a two out of three falls match. And the latest one is a UK title, Pete Dunn versus uh, Mark Andrews, where you can see us in the crowd there because we are front row, uh, and that is involved in the hidden... You don't believe me? So my favourite show, without a doubt, was Legends of Wrestling on that, but I have got a lot of nines like Nitro and Hidden Gems uh, and other stuff. I do love the vault. Uh, I do love the vault section. For for me, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. So let's work out what the best thing is in the WWE Network. On the Hidden Gems, June 8, 2017, you see me and Dan at ringside. For Pete's sake, go back and watch it. Mm. Again, send us send a picture to James of us and you win a, a free shout-out. Without a doubt. So that is everything on the network. Um, talk about schedules quickly. Do you actually go on the schedule at all and watch it? No. No, I don't really either, apart from obviously when it's pay-per-views and stuff. I think there's a little bit more they could do with schedules. If it's like Rumble pay-per-views, just keep playing them. I know they try to. Uh, but, you know, I think the schedule should be important in that way. As for search function, I've not really, you know, we talked about it before and the things that we would change as well, wouldn't they, you know? Would you like to personalise your account in any way? Um, yeah, I've, you know, I'd like to be able to kind of make a playlist. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that'd be cool, you know. Would you want to see any other content added to the W Network? Um, I'd like to see some more new content. What one? What in new and what way? Um, you know, like like I mentioned uh, throughout the throughout some of the shows. You know, I like to see wrestlers choosing their favourite matches that they've been in and kind of talking over them. And you know, just a few little other other bits and pieces that make me happy as well. All right. So here we go. We've got the scores for what uh, category was better. For originals, I said eight and a half, you said eight. Collections was eight all. Pay views was nine for me, eight and a quarter for you. In ring, nine and a quarter for me, nine and a half for you. And vault is nine. So overall, the in ring section got the most uh, in both of our cases, nine and a half and nine and a quarter. So I guess in ring is the thing uh, we watch the most here. But out of all the programs, which would you say is your favourite thing you've ever seen on the WWE Network? NXT. NXT. That's that's that's. So your favourite program is NXT, uh, and I think it'll be hard to argue against that as well. Uh, even though I do love all the kind of classic content that's involved, uh, I might you know when you look at pay per views and everything like this, it's difficult to argue against. But it just how much great 
content there is on the you know i think that's what we found so overall dan fuller network what is your score out of 10 is it first off is it worth 9.99 a month absolutely <laughs> yes without a shadow of a doubt um you know uh after these well there's been over 225 episodes if you include the extras and the stocking fillers and so on and so forth but um you know the amount of content we've watched on there and we've barely scratched the surface um it is yeah definitely worth the 9.99 a month and all these people i've seen online they kind of cancelled their subscription just because they don't like a pay-per-view or where the pay-per-view is being held or you know one reason or another completely silly pathetic reasons i believe uh but each of their own if you don't want to pay for it don't you know but I think it is more than worth the nine ninety nine a month. I think without a doubt. So, what is your? Uh, I should say, sorry. The Vault had twenty five programs. So, if you had the twenty five to the uh, nineteen in ring that we had there, and then we add it to the collections, of course, that was seventy eight collections <laughs> that we went through, and then of course uh, the original shows, which was thirty five. 157 different uh, categories or different folders that we went through. That's not counting the WWE pay-per-views and everything that we went through. If we did that, that would be an incredible figure. So I think discounted WWE pay 157 different things. I think there's a lot on the network to watch. Like I said, it's definitely worthwhile. Absolutely, yeah. There is a lot of crap that, you know, but different people like different things. So, you know, what we might find crap, you might thoroughly enjoy and, you know, fair play to you. And things that we enjoy, you might not enjoy as much. Exactly. But there's a choice there, and that's what the good thing about it is. Uh, So, yeah, overall rating out of 10 for the network? I am going to give it, for just content and everything, I'm going to give it eight and three quarters. Eight and three quarters out of ten. Uh, so it it can do a little bit more. We've talked about the kind of change, like I said, maybe newer content to it. Would you want to see other promotions involved in the network? I would love to you know a few independent promotions involved in it. You know, as as much more of the independent stuff as I can get. You know, there's a lot of UK independence about, as we've kind of read off a huge, huge list mm. of them. Uh, loads about America and you know different countries across Europe, Mexico, and everywhere. Without doubt, you know, and this is what we do on the WNR podcast. It's not just WWE, but it is you know trying to look at everything else that's going on in the wrestling world. But the WWE, you know, network is our bread and butter, and that's why we do the network view and everything else. We couldn't we couldn't do what we do today if it wasn't for the network uh, and, and what we did right to begin with. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 because, yeah, it needs a bit of improvement, but I love the network. And, you know, with Netflix and everything else, I would say the network is the thing I probably watch the most anyway. Uh, but that is it, the full-on WNet review. We don't have to do it again now for another 125 episodes, Dan. So we'll be fine. So there you go, it's 250, done. So 225 episodes time, so it'd be, what, 450 we could do it again. 4.50, yeah. Yeah, so episode 4.50, that's not bad, you know. Uh, so, anyway, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening and just everything, you know. We, we we say thank you, but we mean it from the bottom of our hearts. And Dan said earlier you can follow us or send us a message wherever you can on social media 
at on Twitter at WWE Network Review or and WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, the WNR Podcast. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review podcast. We've got all clips on there. Podcasts go up on YouTube at the same time as other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Spreaker Radio. We've got live shows, Stitch Radio and iTunes. We can down and subscribe there but that's not it we've also got our website underway which should be finished around the time of SummerSlam SummerSlam next year SummerSlam 2020 yeah (laughs) Um, no you know it is a work in progress we want to make sure we've got everything done properly before we kind of release it and that is the WNRpodcast.com but you get all the contact details on there our next episode is WNR226 which will be Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia also known as Super Shit Show in Saudi Arabia (laughs) get all our thoughts from that Uh, and of course you know all the other goodness that comes from it I have been James Rowlands and as always was joined by Dan White thanks for listening for 225 episodes and thanks for listening to 225 more yeah Bye. Bye.